What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. Living there, I, I saw so much, like I was explaining last time, so much pain through it that uh, 
I just smoked a bunch of weed and just that song came out and I actually cried when I wrote it. When I write my songs, there's when I write songs that are like I I I don't know, I feel it, it, it just tears come out and it's kind of a way that uh I've written my songs for the last like six years. Mm. Yeah. I felt it in the song. I felt the emotion behind it. Yeah. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of... I speak of my friend Nuli in it, who's uh, one of my Inuit friends who lives in... This guy had nothing at all. Nothing. Like, he would come to the restaurant every every day to get his coffee, and I would pop up. Like, sometimes I would steal a muffin and just... Well, for me, it was free, but I would have mm-hmm. to pay to, for some for, for him, and I would just give it to him. And uh, sometimes I, would, I wouldn't finish my plates, or I would eat half of it. I would give it to him. And he was... He was the poorest guy I ever met, man, and he was just smiling all the time. That's why, man, I said, like, you look like you want to cry, but I know my friend Nuli has nothing, and he just smiles. And that just brought a lot of, uh, and he uh, brings a lot of memories, man. And, and he actually, I told him I was going to write a song about him. I said, oh, where's the song? And he kept bothering me every day, like, where's the song? And I said, I wrote it, man, and he was fucking happy, man. Fuck kind of a gift uh, of what uh, what he gave me like he gave me a lot of uh, showed me humbleness in a sense I think have you titled the song? Uh, yeah uh, we're only human yeah meaning we're it's as simple as that we're right? only human we might just name the podcast that <laughs> <laughs> only human 50 episodes in we'll change the name <laughs> I meant the episode but we'll change the whole fucking <laughs> no no never man Curious Chimps is like so there man it's like it's it grew into its own yeah that's what it feels like it just the name was one thing but the, just everything behind it it just it is a curiosity I always yeah. remember picking the name and I had I, I gave you a list of like 30 <laughs> names and I was just having fun trying to be clever and like think a cool like like funny puns and stuff, you know, and he just go, he just comes out and he's like, he's like curious chimps. And I was like, something, something rings that that's, yeah. that's really clean, but I didn't feel it. Cause it's so, it's like you, you talk about McDonald's a lot. Like you watched, uh, the founder. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the movie the with, uh, yeah, yeah. The McDonald's movie, Michael Keaton there. I or whatever. I never seen it. It's a great I thought movie. Of the same thing when you said that. Yeah. Like McDonald's, but, it just sounds right. Like, like yeah. that was the whole shtick at the end of the movie. Almost. He's like, He's like, you guys have a good system. You guys made such a good, like, model. But what you really had, you really, you didn't know what it was, and it was the name. Mm. And that really does go unnoticed because it works so well. Oh, let's go to McDonald's. There's something homely about it, and then you can abbreviate it like we all do now, like McDicks, Mickey D's, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Golden Arches. There's even that. That's that's its own other marketing thing. But it's it's got a catchiness to it, and like you wouldn't let up. You know, like I wasn't married to it, but you were. Yeah. And then when I noticed that, I just went like, okay, we're going with it. I'm just like, I'm going to give this to you. I'm not going to fight. And I'm so glad that I was, like I wasn't down, but I was, I, I was down through you. So yeah. I just went out and, and fuck, man, it's, it's, it's catchy. It's open enough. Mm. It kind of encompasses something. It's kind of a little ode to, to Joe Rogan, you know. It's, it's definitely an, influenced. <laughs> You, you can you can see it, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely influenced. I was like, chimps, we need something with chimps. And then Curious Chimp. But it's weird because I envisioned the logo would be like a wormhole. You know, the wormhole is like the... the it basically looks like two C's backwards. One forward, okay. one backward. And it's like the wormhole. That was our first logo before we got this beautiful one that we have now from... Shout out to Greg Miller. 
Yo, seriously, with yeah, an e. he did amazing work, and uh, yeah. you don't you don't see it right off the bat when you look at it. But you, I think you shared something where you went into details into the picture, and I looked into it, and I was like, wow, okay, there's a lot of details in this. Yeah, and you, you, he's good, man. Yeah, and entitles everything about the podcast at the same time on the picture. So that's it. That's, that's it. Was a fun little collab, you know. Like he he's a hundred percent the artist, you know. But we, I just I just had this image, this idea, and it was very makeshift but it's like a you know like a monkey on a meteor or something like that that was you actually later i think but then i just i was like thinking a monkey that's like curious scratching his head but he's picking his brain yeah like that one was me and and then so like like we both had ideas and then he was like the filter he's because he knows what it's going to look like already but also just kind of going along and changing it as as we go and us giving input as he gives us stuff and it was very it's it was fun It was a simple process because he, he made a show. Like he helped make a show where it's yeah. like this trickle down information and you're in groups and shit and it's so complicated. But we just had this fun little time making this thing and it's and it came out so well. All three of us were super like happy <laughs> yeah. and proud of it. Like, oh, dude, I, I can't imagine it. He's the perfect person to do that. If he did Midnight Gospel and then like if someone comes with an idea and then he just pictures it, and he's able to pick what you're saying and put into a picture, that's just, wow. And what was incredible was that we were all on similar wavelengths, but we weren't all meeting at the same point. Mm. And then I don't know what happened, but it just clicked for all three of us. Like he sent his first draft, me and Sammy liked it, but then we we're like, oh, like something. We started feeling like we're being annoying. We, we had that conversation. For sure, yeah. <laughs> but then Greg just clicked too, and it just like the minds met at the, at the pinnacle, at the point. And it just... I like I wouldn't have it any other way the way it looks it's just no it's it's perfect yeah. it's beautiful yeah. and since then you guys had so many podcasts and so uh about uh I, I forget the names but uh there are certain psychedelics you had the lady and her husband yeah Iboga. yeah I or Ibogaine to specifically I listen basically to everything like I work on the road so yeah I take my podcast every morning. I have three hours of podcasts, whoever it is, if it's Mark Passio or you guys or Joe Rogan or yeah. uh, sometimes I listen to other stuff. But uh, yeah, I definitely have my three hours in the morning of podcasts. And then at, at the end, I get just my ears get tired of, I don't know, people talking. So I have to blast some music and towards the last day, last moment of my day. So, yeah. you know, just to go back to that story where I thought the two logo, the two C's. Yeah. So that was in my mind when I was a kid. I told Greg Miller this. I used to draw two C's on paper. That was just what I kept drawing. C and C. And I would do wormholes all over all my textbooks. Elementary, high school, just drawing, drawing, drawing. Always the same thing. And it's like, now we have this, the, the two C's, the Curious Chimps. And I wonder if it's like, I knew this was going to happen before it happened. Yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> Maybe it's like it's, I, I went back in my yeah. timeline and I'm like, oh, two C's. And then I'm just like drawing it down and it was just who knows fuck <laughs> but that's crazy but ah. i just always drew it i had no idea what it was i just inclined to keep drawing two c's two c's two c's i used to draw triangles maybe that's like a form of <laughs> it's coming man yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's gonna reveal itself to you at one yeah. point <laughs> well maybe it's a dmt actually i uh, hit some dmt with uh with uh, my friend hmm. yeah yeah someone someone maybe someone, in this room maybe not maybe not uh <laughs> We're gonna make that shirt that just says allegedly, <laughs> like it says allegedly, and then again it says allegedly, but in air quotes. It's a good T-shirt. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd buy it. I saw some sacred geom geom uh, geometry yes. when I when I did it, and I think I shared it with you, and I shared you uh, a mandala. It looked like a mandala, like a it was a Islamic mandala, but mm. it, that's what that's really what I saw when I when the, the NNDMT hit me, and yeah, it was a it was a weird experience, but it, it showed me 
the message I got, which is the main message, and I think that's what psychedelics are there for, is to push you a message, is a message of you can obtain this by yourself without any drugs, without any psychedelics. You can do this by meditation if you focus enough and you can go farther than than what this can bring you. So absolutely, that was a strong message to me. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> there's a funny meme that's like a. It's like, you know, like, it's like you take ayahuasca, like it's just giving you like the instructions and then it's like your, your ancestors and it does like the colon and then it shows the picture of like you in the center and like all the people like putting their hand on your shoulder kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And then at the bottom it just says like, stop doing drugs. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, I can speak to my ancestors. They're like, dude, get your shit together. <laughs> like, you don't need any of this, like do stuff and then die with some dignity. Like, it's like, yeah, but I have like traumas and I'm trying to work through them. And it's like all complicated. They just put their hand on their, on your shoulder. Like, dude, stop doing drugs. I forgot which episode it was, but you mentioned it was like, I, I don't know who it was, but you're like, your ancestors are all, I think it was during my story. I told you about when I saw my ancestors behind me on LSD mm. in a, in the shape of a triangle, which was actually a spearhead. And I was the forefront out of everyone pushing me forward. Just like in the last airbender. I ne- I've never gonna, seen it. That's even better that you've never seen that's it. That's cool. <laughs> but you made a good point where it's like, you said something is like, yeah, they're like, it's you, man. You got this. Go. Everything you're doing is good. It's all, we're all here for you, man. And it was like, that's a good way to look at it. It's like, we have all these pains and traumas, but we, we're the, we're the one living it right now. And yeah. whatever we do is they're fucking, they're, they're pushing they're you They're backing you up. Yeah. yeah. They got your back. Unless you're doing something fucking brutal. <laughs> but, Which is against, yeah, natural <laughs> law. Yeah. yeah. Imagine some asshole takes ayahuasca and he just sees all his ancestors going, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Is this what we fucking suffered for? Like you said, because it's all language encodes a lot of stuff, you know, and you said they're, we're here for you. They're literally here for you. Like, like it's fucked up to say like, if it lights up your ego, you know, but they are literally, they are, they were literally there for you to be here now. All the stuff they did was for them and f- and for you and for the people around them, but they're gone now and you're here now and you're here because of them. Mm. But like whatever you're here for, it is for them, literally. As much as it's for you, it's for them as well. And they were there for you. It's confusing. It's, it's language kind of. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's limited. We're the sum of them, man. We're, we're literally, everything we have on our body is because of them. You know, the hair color, the eye color, the way you think, it's all because of our ancestors and it's just ingrained in us. And now we're just the next one to gain the experience. And then if you're there, you pass it on to the next generation, you know. Doing any piece of that consciously is so powerful. Yeah. That's some deep stuff. Yeah. And people wonder about purpose. And this this goes in a lot of people's minds of life purpose. I need a purpose. Just existing is such a powerful purpose because you're here now. So it's like, it's a good reminder too. That, yeah, you want to have a direction in your life, but also just fuck your, you survived the fucking billions of years of evolution Definitely. to this moment. And just that alone is, you already won the game. Yeah. Gary Vee has something where he says, uh, you have a one on 400 trillion chance of being a human being. Just that is like, you get hit by lightning. What's the, what's the odds of that? And you have more odds of being a human being, just living. You yeah. could have been a plant, you could have been a dog, you could have been a cat, anything, but you're a human being. You have that conscious left, that consciousness, that power over. So that's that's already a big power, man. You have to use that to 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 exist in a in a right way, I think. Like to, to do the right thing. Yeah. And yeah. even if you don't look at life form, just sperm cells. And what is it also? Because he had a quote about sperm cells. It's like, you, you're, you're the best swimmer out of the four. I think it was 400 million sperm cells or a trillion, whatever. 
and you're the one that made it. So just even before coming to life, you you had a huge battle of odds. Yeah. So you're like the point zero of a hundred zeros percent, and you're here, and now being here is also point zero of a million percent. Yeah. So it's like we beat all odds. So I wonder about some people though if they were the best swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure some people at the top they just pull that person out yeah, and they got in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Crab sperm <sighs> pulling each other down. So yeah. man. Uh, I don't even know where to start, but well, we already started. But you had a, a book. You know? Oh yeah, last uh, last time I came, we talked about uh, the alchemist and yes. how I was going to share that with people, and that's what I did. Fuck so yeah! So I brought the alchemist. If you haven't read that already, you you definitely have to. Yeah, it's a spiritual. Uh, it's a book that I devoured in four hours like I said last time, and, and it just opened up on how the universe can talk to you without you even noticing. Mm. And it's a book I will reread every three, four years. I will reread, and I'm really gone into books now. I'm, I, I think there's knowledge passed down for some reason, better than, than videos because it's, 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 it's there to stay, like through the ages. When I die, this book still will exist mm. unless there's a big fire around the world. <laughs> it, yeah it's it's maybe yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those stories that it's like it's not generic but it, it's a it's a story that's been told so many times but it, it never loses its value no and it sticks and it's such a simple read it's like it's so it's such a clear message but it's just in the morals and the deeper meaning is embedded in the words and you just read it it's like an ego check in a sense it's just like a nice Absolutely. reminder it's like yeah. oh shit yeah it says a lot about your purpose too man it gives you clarity about your purpose in the book this guy works f for a shop and he has his his goal is to go to the desert i, f I think to find uh i don't remember man it's like a treasure or something a treasure yeah treasure. that's right the treasure that he dreamt about right something like that yeah exactly and he he goes through to get money he works at a crystal shop and he works he works he works and this guy wants him to stay there because since he's there he's been uh selling a lot more crystal but at the end he just like moves that to the side towards his goal and goes towards his goal and, and that's that, that that's powerful too and in today's age like we don't most people don't know where they're going what's their purpose what what am i doing here um, that's I, I. That makes me feel like I got to reread the book because first of all, it, it kind of laid flat for me because I I read it a long time ago and I've I've grown a lot since then, but just a little message like that where he gave up a kind of superficial success because he had a bigger goal in mind and how much that paid off. If you didn't have that bigger goal in mind, he would have stayed there. Yeah. And then the, that whole story, that whole adventure, wouldn't have happened, and so much uh, so much happened, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like Johnny said it's one of those books when you reread it there's like there's new insights and new reminders because your path is is that journey exactly. as well you yeah. know yeah, I'm sure every book is like that a little bit but The Alchemist is something that I mean I don't want to I don't want to throw out a fallacious argument but I, I'm tempted to say like a bunch of people like this you know it's like saying like you know rice isn't bad because like fucking everybody in China likes it like all those people can't be wrong yeah. you know this majority rules for 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 anything is not always a good idea to lean on, but there's something there, you know? So if you read it with that mentality, then maybe you're hyping it too much. Maybe that's what happened to me. I really, I really read it and I was like, this is, you know, like if you read the raw material, like we were talking about ancestors before and stuff like that, and you, you start playing with like duality and it gets all confusing and you're like, okay, like they're me and I'm them 
and then it questions like who am I and then you have this kind of wobbly presence hmm. whereas this book there's like a protagonist and 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 it's this kind of like a neo matrix story where you know they like there's a kind of empty space in the book for you to put, place yourself and to go on this adventure because yeah. the main character is a little vapid in some ways but but just has enough of this kind of like childlike need to perpetuate the adventure like they know they're being read because hmm. it is it's a story it was written it's it's all it's all on purpose but th- there's this i don't i want to say simplicity but in all i mean it as a compliment you know like there's a there's a direction that leads the next step is like how does this affect my life it's yeah, not definitely, there's definitely going to be a comparison when when you read it and you're going to put your when I read it, I, I compared my life to where I was, where I'm at now, and where do I want to be. That's what happened when I read the book. And, and he would say, like, oh, he's working at this place, like the crystal shop. And I was like, oh, I'm working at this place, and I'm, I'm not seeing the end of it. And like, I'm not seeing where I want to go. And then this it helped me kind of to click out of it and just what is the purpose? What are you, what are you trying to do? So after that, I, I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to go and... I have my goals. I'll keep them like my oranges in my head and my thoughts, and then I'll portray it to the oranges. Watch the last. Watch the last one. Yeah, you'll get the oranges (laughs) thing. (laughs) So we had a great idea with this book. I don't know who came up with it. It Was we'll just say it was your idea or collective, whatever. But we want to send this out. You know, definitely. Yeah, we want to send this out to a listener, and we had a beautiful concept where. When you receive it, you can sign your name. We're going to have our name signed. Johnny already wrote a nice message inside. I'm not going to spoil it. And then I'll write something. Sammy can write something. And then the next person who gets it, writes, reads it, writes something, and then sends it out to someone who needs it. Definitely. And the whole idea was that maybe one day, we don't know where it's going to go. We'll call it out in a few podcasts in like in a year from now. But if it returns one day with like 100 signatures or even more, how cool would that fucking be? I think, yeah, we can amazing. we can put like a return address somewhere on the back uh, <laughs> fold or something, and and someone will just be like, "Well, the, there's no more space on this <laughs> on these papers." Maybe you even That's start signing point. in the in the seams, like in the in the margins, sort of like in the book. Well, there's there's a lot of blank pages, which is actually cool because there's space. So what we'll do is we'll have like the return address on the last corner, and be like, when you fill it up, just fucking send it back. <laughs> Yeah. Or even just like you can put curious chimps somewhere. So like if if pages get lost or something, or if something gets removed, like you can just go on the website and find out yeah. kind of thing. So like hopefully it does make it back to us. But I do I do remember now, not to take credit because it wasn't my idea either. But I remember my friend, like a friend of a friend that kind of became a friend. She's like this older woman, a friend of the family of of my best friend. Her name is Betty. Betty. Oh my god, I haven't seen her in years, and I don't remember her name. I think her name is Betty. She's she's very charming and very like spiritually inclined. The way she talks, there's something very open about her. And mm. I, we were talking about the Alchemist, and I I hadn't read it or I read it in part. And she's holding this book that she owns, and she just pulls that like, "This is yours now," you know. And then that. and I was like, I get all cagey, and I'm like, "Oh no, I can't take a gift. I'm not worthy of this uh, this awesome act of generosity." And she's like, "Just give it to the next person." Like just read it and then give it to somebody else, and I was like, I was like, that's really cool. And I saw her yeah. name was already signed, so I, so then I, that idea kind of started getting formed. Like I'll put my name in it, and then you'll just you'll pick up this book and you'll see this fucking daisy chain of names, and you're like, holy crap! Like this got bounced around. Like there's something, 
every book gets bounced around. Maybe not the exact copy, but that's mm. there's something just so cool about that. That's, that's going to be so cool, and yeah. I, I'd love to get that started with this book as well. Yeah, yeah. we have a second book. We have a second book. First, uh, before we get into this book, this is uh, seriously a book that's that's important to me, uh, and. And and I I wanted to to come in with this, uh, starting by who I was before a uh, certain tragedy in my life. Uh, when I was uh, I hit thirty years old, when uh, my sister passed away, she had a she had a liver a liver problem and she got operated. And I think no, I met you after that, the moment after. But uh, to people who know me, I was more of a egotistical, more. Uh, uh, asshole kind of guy you know i would pick fights and i would be that guy and 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 when that happened it was kind of life giving me a slap in the face and telling me like yo like life is fucking short like you better do good because all that negativity is going to catch up to you and you're going to have nothing good after that so that that definitely hit like uh it kind of uh it hit me hard man in my life i i, I suffered emotionally but with darkness comes light and that's what I, I, I noticed. And I, I, I kind of grew out of that uh, spiritually because of uh, what, what happened to me in, in 2000. I'm not, I know I'm babbling. I'm sorry. It's just, it's good. Uh, yeah, man, musically, I think like when I was explaining to you, when I write my songs, I start crying uh, when they're emotionally strong. It's because for some reason I have kind of a communication. It'll sound crazy, but I kind of talk to my sister. And my sister comes in and she, if, if I don't, I don't know, man, I know if the song is good, I'll just be, start crying of happiness. Like I'll start like bawling out out of happiness. And that's a crazy emotional connection that I, I, I say in my opinion that I have with my, with my sister. And that's something that happened, uh, since then, since 2014. So, uh, people go through, through grief in different ways. And my mom actually went through grief in her way, which I, I can't even ima- imagine how, how I must have been. It must have been the hardest thing ever for, for a, a parent to lose a child. Like, I can't put myself, I, I can only put myself in the shoes of someone who lost a sister. And with that, I can definitely, definitely help out the next person. I had my, one of my neighbors, she lost her brother. And I was able to, to be there and explain to her, I'm more of a analytical guy, so I, I was able to be there and explain to her what the steps are going to be now emotionally and, and spiritually even then. Mm. Like things like, oh, they're going to come through your dreams. You're going you're gonna to see, they're going to ta- start talking to you in different ways. And these things happen to me. I mean, uh, sometimes I still like, not now because my grief is kind of done. I've, I've gone through my grief in a certain way where I, I, I dealt with it. I understand that there's peace after death. I understand that there's uh, there's kind of a you have to you have to let go in in a in a healthy way, and and where was I going with this? Yeah, and basically, yeah, man, it's it's to explain. So my mom went when it's to explain the the, the grief that people has, and my mom went through her grief for a long long time. My dad is still going through it. He he can't he can't even read this book like he he thinks of my sister and starts crying and my mom decided to write a book which is called awakening by grief and basically 
it it portrays my 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 sister perfectly her energy her 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 way that she was it portrays her beautifully if i can say if i can add and she explains how through darkness you find light and that's through everything in life you go through a certain uh, dark path in your life but at the end the dark path you will find the light at the end of the tunnel and it's a, it's a beautiful thing it's a, it's like I don't know if I should say that. It's it's cheap to say for, for a lot of people, but when you hear it from someone who's lost their fucking daughter or sister or something, like this is an immediate family member, and it's it's fucked up to say, but it hurts the most. You know, it might hurt less if it's an uncle, someone older, a, a, an estranged family member, a blah, 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 whatever. It's it's There's a familiarity that gets robbed, and then, like, the house is empty. Like, it's a very strange... A piece of you is gone. Like it's so fucked up. So that this is like when someone says like you know you through the darkness you find the light. There's like a cliche. I, I can hear my brain like mm. filing it away. But you, a part like a hand comes out of nowhere. This reason comes out of nowhere and says no. Look at this because this is this is uh, irrefutable. Mm. And that's I don't know. That's just I just find it funny to see the way my brain works and to need an extreme example to kind of like give it credit. I don't know. I just, I'm just kind of exploring that. It's strange. The, it goes against... Um, a parent losing a child goes against all evolutionary systems. Yeah. You know, it's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to be the reverse. So when that kind of thing happens, I can't imagine the pain. I've seen the pain. I've, I'll get into a story after I, I get this thought through. But it's not supposed to happen. And the fact that it happens, it is a test that is not really um, evolutionarily backed. You know, you don't, we don't have that, that wisdom inside to experience that because it's usually the opposite. The child outgrows the parents, the parents die and the child carries on the wisdom. So something is like kind of cliche where it's the, the, through the, through the darkness at the end of the tunnel, whatever the light is at the end of the tunnel for a parent to say that, to, to really work through that pain and to, to say that with honesty, that's the power in that, in that quote and in that, in that wisdom behind what she's saying because it's it's something that happens and you're not necessarily you don't have like a blueprint to follow it's like the De pain definitely not yeah, no and it's the not. pain is not many people who exp not many of us can relate i don't have children yet but i can't imagine <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> i can't imagine that kind of pain a parent would go through it's it's the, the day I, I, I knew she passed, dude, I had never cried that much in my life. My eyeballs were hurting from tears and I, no more tears would come out. That's how bad it was. It's so bad that even I don't have, and I say this all, like I, there's no people that I hate in my life. But if I would hate someone, I would not even wish that upon them. That's something that's harsh. I had a friend, he... He had this guy he doesn't like because this guy stole from him and I don't know what. And he says, I'm going to laugh in front of his casket. And he said that. And I, and I repeat it to him like at least 25 times. You do not want to wish this upon your enemy. You do not want to wish this upon. Yeah, but you do not want to wish this upon your enemy. You do not. And I start to get like, I, I start to work me up. You know, you don't want to wish that upon your enemy. Death is, is not something that you want to uh, to wish upon your enemy. <laughs> I, I always use the word conjure. Like you don't want to conjure it because it's coming for all of us. It's coming for all of us. Exactly, man. You know? You're going to go through it. Yeah. So you never know when it's going to happen. 
you're gonna you might you might, I might cross the street tomorrow and something you know what I mean like you, you never know you never know so to wish that it's 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 not the best uh, thing it's right. definitely a, you're in a dark place or you don't mean it honestly in, in an honest way I think you just don't mean it like you you weren't able to hold space for that guy going through those emotions you weren't able to give him that moment at the beginning where you can acknowledge it and then process it because you were going through your own thing you were holding space for yourself and you're just telling the guy like dude I can't let you have this one no, you definitely. know, like and he, you, and you should just knows. back out. Of well, the this. truth is, you don't mean it. You know, as yeah. much as he's saying it, he doesn't truly mean it because when that does happen, it's like all that anger will pass. It's like fuck, you know. I, 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 I wish something so concrete, and then it happens. It's there's no going back after that. That's you that's, know, that's the thing. When, when that happens, first of all, you the pain is not to that person. That person has passed to another realm or whatever. So. The pain is to their family, direct family around them. They're mm. the ones suffering after that. So if you mm. wish that upon someone, you're wishing pain upon so many people around him. Even if he was a bad person, even if he was an asshole, whatever, it doesn't matter. That pain is still like projected to, to other people. The thing is, when people pass, everything turns into... I'm not saying everybody, if that guy was a, a wife beater or whatever, for sure won't have the same thoughts. But in the case of my sister, like, I'm, I'm her brother. I'm, I'm always, I'm going to have fights with her. I'm going to be the asshole brother who's going to fuck around with her, you know, and, and that's, that's my job. I accepted that. I accepted that. Oh, I, I, I don't go like, oh, I should have been a better person to her. No, mm-hmm. I was the person I am. And that's, that's who I was. And that's because I needed to learn certain lessons from what happened. But that person... Every memory turns to positive. Everything she did, even if it's negative, even if the fights we picked, I, I remember fights we picked and I laughed today. I said, oh, fuck, we're so stupid. Like, we're so stupid because it's time you won't see again. It's time you won't have with that person. It's very important to me. That's why I treat, I treat, I try to treat people around me very closely and I try to treat them with, and that's something that people don't understand. I'm, I'm nicer to people today and people don't understand that they're all oh, what you have that human ego that comes in and, oh why why is this guy being nice to me mm. oh he wants something but behind my thought there's no there, no i just want you to be happy because when i die you're going to remember me because of that you're going to remember me for the jokes i did for the good stuff that i did for the good actions that i did mm. and that people don't notice that because they take that for granted people got their guard up you know like i see i see the way that you're nice and personally i love it and i try to mimic it because it doesn't come naturally to me. Uh, maybe because I didn't lose a sister or something like that. You know, that's a good thing in a way. I get to suffer from you. I get to benefit from your suffering. Anyway, I'm just thinking out loud now. But it's a learning process. You, you, you learn from it in a sense. It's not... Yeah, of course. No, I'm teaching you without knowing, just by being myself. That's the best teaching, yeah. you know. But it's, I like the way you put it because people, people will be guarded at first because they don't know what your intention is. Being nice is not always so simple. But you don't baby people. You give them a respect. And that leads to a lot of different avenues. I think the respect is at the, is at the front of what you do. And that looks weird sometimes. Sometimes someone's idea of respect is just giving them what they want. And it's not respect. It's just like placating or, or, or giving in to their complaining or whatever you want to call it. But, but wait, I noticed that you give yourself that same respect and you just kind of have this little balancing act that uh, maybe I take it for granted, but it does seem to come kind of naturally to you because you just have some kind of like belief system or something that's guiding you in the front. 
and uh, and it works out because you give people space sometimes you help people you help strangers sometimes you know like you just have these quirky things but they all you can you can kind of draw a circle around it and it makes sense and then if you talk about your sister and your mom and, and everything you went through and then it, then you can kind of tag it you yeah. can almost understand it almost which <laughs> is not something that I share usually it's something that close uh, people to my family know you're close to me now you're like one of my best friends uh, the other guys and I'm starting to know you but dude you're you fix my back I mean that counts for something <laughs> <laughs> no definitely you're getting closer and I mean like these and I think there's there's much to be learned and and to the actions we take are we should we should be nice to each other. That's why I, I wrote that song as well. Like, be like, who gives a fuck who's right or wrong? You're going to pass away one day and you're not going to bring what you paid for, which is your Lamborghini. Or it, money doesn't count in this world. It's only going to be memories. It's only going to be these things that, 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 that people are going to keep in their heads. That's the, last, that's the last bit you get, Yeah, you know, when someone passes. The last gift you give. Yeah. You give and get. It's yeah. if you pass. The only thing that's left is not anything you've accumulated. It's only what you've done for others and what what you remembered for, you know. And that's that's. It's easy to take that for granted because we're here now. We're we're living on our life. We don't expect the risk of death to happen like that. But it is as simple as that. It is. It's you know? short. It's we're fragile. It's, it's and it's important to live by that 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 standard that it is all coming to an end and you don't know when. And when you live with that always in your mind, and I was I don't know if I was telling you this or I was telling at the ceremony, whatever I plan now, I have a reference that this can end at any moment. And that's part of my planning because it's so easy to put that aside that your death is coming and when you're in, when you're older, when you retire. But no, that's got to be embedded in everything you do because otherwise you're going to take things so serious and then you're going to get blindsided. Absolutely. You know, by a disease or by something that just switches everything off. Or as, as concrete as death, and then boom, what happened to your goals? They're not there anymore. So you need to have that humble humility part of everything you do. And once you get that, uh, like when I w what happened when I was 30, I met this guy maybe two weeks after, and nobody knew. Nobody knew. I didn't. I think I said it to one, or and the word spread, but nobody knew. And I was still the asshole that I was because it takes time to like grow out of uh, the person you were spiritually. And this just like, opened up my eyes and, and being thankful and all these things and helping out other people it just opens you up to be yes a better person no I'm not perfect my girlfriend can vouch for that like I'm an asshole sometimes still and that still appears but like that is essential to, to, to be like uh, how can I say this like going through hardships like that can, can, can be a good thing and that's what I, I want to push like if you're going through depression or anything like that it's 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 a good thing that you're going through that I'm, I'm not saying like it's good but through that you will learn so much about yourself yeah it's true it's it's like the it's a great motivator it's fucked up to say but it's like you're it's fuel but you don't see it in the moment because your vision is clouded by dark thoughts and, and all these things you but know? you also i mean you also feel like invalid you know like you're going through something that's maybe like kind of incapacitating you if in parts if not completely and then for someone to say like you're doing so much growing right now and you just don't feel it at all you feel like a tree being chopped down like 
like branch by branch, you know, like slowly and systematically and, and inevitably. And then someone just goes like, nah, this is good. And you're like, fuck <laughs> you, bro. <laughs> no, like, how can this be good? Yeah. And it's, it's not like, it's not simple. It is a blanket statement, but it's fucking true. You're gonna, you're gonna be, it's gonna be you and you. But it's only for when you're while. out of it that you, you see, oh, that's why I had to go through that. So I can be this happy person today that I am because I know where the darkness is. Yeah, you, it's, 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 like a, it's like a forced growth. It's a fast growth and it's mm. pain, growing pain. I guess you could use the analogy yeah. like a physical There's growth. no growth without pain, actually. And, and I don't know if that's true. A lot of people, a few, I don't know, a few, a few wise-ass people... And I don't say that sarcastically. Yeah. A few very wise people in my circle are are telling me like that's kind of for speaking for me personally. I don't know if it applies to everybody or if it's like kind of stages thing. But I'm being told by a few people like that might not necessarily be what you need. And if you keep thinking that's what you need, then you're go you're only gonna maybe maybe pain is inevitable, and we can and we're going to learn from those things no matter what. But we don't need to only learn from pain. Maybe that's what I'm. It's an avenue. At. It's there's there's many avenues of growth, but the ones that stick and the big wisdom less filled lessons are usually born from pain, born from something that's, and that also you have to change your relationship with what pain is because something negative that happens to you is is negative subjectively, but it's it's happening. And you know when you work through the process and find your presence again through it, that's the growth. And we, we've labeled all these things as painful and, and hard, and they are painful and hard, but they are just part of the existence of being. You know, when you deal with the death of a sister, the initial response is probably the worst feeling in the world, like this deep, something's gone. But that gives you a moment to find yourself again and find what, what matters and create value for yourself, and then you get to this new height. And that's just part of the journey, it's the wisdom behind it, so... It's not necessarily you need to have bad experiences to get more wisdom and growth. It's just everything's happening all at once. And if you stay present with it and you work through it together with yourself, there's growth in everything you do. You I know? think, I th yeah, I think most of us at first, I mean, tell me what you think, guys. <laughs> I think most of us at first are going to need to suffer. And then you start getting a relationship with pain. And that could happen at any time in your life. You know, if it, if it was a little, if there wasn't a lot of pain at the beginning, then you're not going to handle the coming pain as well. And that growth is going to happen. It's just dispersed evenly throughout your life. And then as time passes, you integrate that pain. And now you just are a, a kind of pain or you have a kind of pain. And it's not a bad thing. It's a relation to reality. It's an acceptance and you're going with the flow even more. It's, all, it's like meditation, but in a very long-winded format where you're literally, like you just said, like you're, you're, you lost your presence and you're finding it again. And that's like a rep. That's like the, that's like meditation. You literally, mm. but it's just this bigger drawn out off the mat, as they say, like in the yoga community yeah. uh, process. And it's, it's fucking humbling and educational. And you, you're, I wish I had a better way of saying this. That's not like a, like a artful kind of analogy, but your heart cracks open and mm. it hurts like a bitch, but stuff gets in and out more easily now. And you're, you're growing and exchanging with the world in a more honest way. In a sense, yes, but you always have the choice. I could have had the choice to be even madder at the world, That's and it. madder at and decide to be angry at the world and 
fuck you, God, and I, I could have said all these things, but I, which I did, I won't lie, in the beginning. But once I got through, it's like life showed me no. It's a beautiful thing at the same time that you would live this sadness. It's a beautiful thing because there's more beautiful things to come and life doesn't stop for you. Like I said it, like, I said it myself, like, why not me? I'm, I'm the fucked up child in my family. Like, my, my sister was a nurse. She was, like, doing good. She was a teacher at university, like, at McGill. And she, she like, she had her things going. And I'm, I'm the fucked up son who's, like, still figuring out where, where am I going. And, like, I'm like, why not me? Why, why her? And I, I went through all these thoughts that people think, like, stories that you see in the movies like oh fuck fuck you god and like being angry and screaming and uh, i had to go through that and once out i realized no life is beautiful my life still continues and my life in this universe is to learn what 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 did i learn from this where can i help other people with this pain and that's what i did i took this pain i and people who who revolved around me who lost someone i can go up to them and tell them listen this is going to happen at the funeral. You're going to feel like this. You're going to go through this. You know, you. so I'm able to help. And that's, but I could have taken the choice to go like, fuck you and be like a mean motherfucker and start selling heroin on the street. Like, and I don't know, and fucking up people's lives. Like, no, I had more, what happened made me actually more conscious of, of, of pain that you can give to, to, to other people. So that's, that's a plus for my mom. I, I see that she like, she became a much better person. Me and my mom just always butt heads. Like, we'd never get along. I would live, I lived uh, under her house, like under her roof for like the first 30 years. And my sister always told me like, move out, move out, move out. And I was, ah, no, 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 no. And I wasn't paying rent, so I was good. And finally that happened. And five months later, I, I left home. I did my own shit. My mom and I started to get a, a better relationship. And that helped out. And today, when we talk spirituality, she's really into energy, chakras. And that's why she wants to meet you so bad. Because she knows you're one of my best friends. And she's like... She's like starting to learn about... about and that's what she discovered through through her grief. She discovered all this, these beautiful things that spiritual world has to give you. And she's working definitely on it. And she's posting videos as well. So, yeah. It's... Uh, it's not it's not all all sad and, and and sad games at the end of the day it's something that you you yes you go through yes it's painful and yes you want to see the end of it you want to end your life sometimes it could be as deep as that but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you, you have to at least have only that thought mm. if you only have that thought even in the darkest moments of your life you can get out of it it's it's so it's i can say this with some confidence it's so comforting even if you don't feel like you hear it but like when you're in those moments of darkness like you know the tunnel analogy like you're you got to walk through the dark for a, a long time and so if you feel that way and someone says that's that's the, the point or the process and it's more complicated, you know, like you're, you're always going to feel this way, but it's going to be more manageable and you're going to see good and there's bad and like, and how you feel right now, you don't see the good. Like you can kind of give all this context to like a, like a roadmap, like you're describing. And it, and it really does give you just, even in those moments, if you get an extra fucking breath or, a, or an extra second where you, you can gather yourself, whatever the fuck you can like put your foot on, 
is is just like valuable, invaluable. It's so. only the first step. First, you wanna want you wanna get out of it, and if you want to, there's like a couple of steps you can do. Just changing your environment is a massive, massive thing that you can do to to just like start seeing from different classes. I met a friend yesterday, which I haven't talked and I haven't seen actually in a couple of years, and. I remember why I cut my, my, my links with him. And I told him directly, I cut your links, my links with you because you're a negative person and I'm getting away from negativity. I don't want to go there. I, I've been there. There's nothing nice for me there. I want to get out of there. And I told him directly, I'll be honest, dude, this is why I'm not talking to you. And he didn't take it bad. He was like, I know, man, I know. And, and you have to, and I told you, you have to change your environment change your environment and when you will you will feel much better that's the first step i think and i think in my opinion change your environment and then from there you start ch training your 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 thoughts into something positive S start thinking positively start thinking on what you want your goals you, you set up some goals and you you obtain it even if they're not big goals that they're I'm reading David Goggins, by the way. That's why I'm talking about goals, but that's a yeah. big, major, major point. Gotta get in on it. It Can't Hurt Me is a, a very, very good book. This guy goes through a lot of pain, but... Do we have it? We'll put it right here. I don't know. Dude, we should, we should just get a... We should get him on. I just want to talk to him. <laughs> I'll give him a call. Do it, please. <laughs> yeah, man. So definitely, definitely uh, goals are important because it just... You, once you obtain it, you feel so good like that was me and guitar after when i was when she passed I, I i stayed home alone smoked weed and started playing guitar playing guitar playing guitar and each time i would obtain that goal that i wanted in my head what i wanted to do wow i was so proud and i start playing even more and more and more and more and more and it just grew into me playing guitar today which I never, is, I never saw that as your like your grieving process i never it never clicked oh music was definitely my grieving process it like you, me you just so turned your pain into a yeah. a beautiful skill. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's and I say it all the time but like I met you when you started playing guitar. Yeah. You know, like you I, you fucked around already yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. but like you got so much better in the time I've known you and I stayed the same. You know, like I saw you put the time in and and it's behind closed doors, so there's still this kind of air of mystery where you just kind of pop out like a like like Goku from the hyperbolic time chamber, and you're just like a year better kind of thing after a couple of days. But but I still kind of got to see the process, and and in retrospect, to think that that was really fueled by your sister's death, or in a way, it was some it was some kind of transmutation. You know, you were probably going to learn anyway, but you you put yourself into it more. There's a lot more emotion that goes in. I'm able. To that's something I was, I was a cold rock. Like when you talked about emotion, I would not budge like my face like this, like, a, like, you know what I mean? Mm. Now when Your I straight face kills yeah, me, man, I'm a straight face guy, man. <laughs> and when I play now, my emotion comes out and I can hear it through the guitar. And it's just something I love to do. And I'll continue to do it for the rest of my life. I'll teach you guys if you want. I teach. I give you class. I give you classes here and there. Just what you gave me last time. I already tried so many new things, new 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 thought processes and patterns that I'm just trying to go for. Opens up the door, man. That's you it. Just, I gave you the key, and yeah. you took the key, and you oh, you did the practice of opening up the door. You opened up the door, and this this whole world of of new ideas. That's that's what happened with me. Like yeah. I, I smoked weed, and each time I smoked weed and play guitar, oh shit, I learned this while yeah. I was yeah. high on weed. 
And then I said, okay, let's try when you're not. And then that thought sticked into my head. And then when I was practicing not high, oh shit, I learned this and ba 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 ba, and that's it. So it's just this this process of 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 learning through little steps that is amazing. Was it conscious at the beginning, and you were like putting your pain, like kind of pouring it into the guitar, or was it just you like? kind of just was it just like a, a way to give yourself permission to like do something new sort of you know like you got a new job and then you're you're getting better at guitar like you're just trying to find ways to because you know smoking weed like like you're giving yourself a space to grief and to grieve and a lot of people maybe don't do that because they i mean you know a few months or years pass by and it's like a kind of allotted time when you think you should feel better by now hmm. but you maybe just didn't take that time you didn't do the work you know and there's there's a um, What's the word? There's a guilt. There's like a like sh like you like you, you can maybe get trapped and think I shouldn't be doing this and I should be I I want to I want to make this more meaningful. I want to make this mean something or I want to put this aside and just kind of get back to my life. But like did you sit down and say I'm going to fucking get high and play guitar because I need this right now. The fir the first moments what happened of my life I went crazy. I went skydiving, I went bungee jumping, I went scuba diving in the same year. I got my license, my motorcycle license. I wanted to go all out. Like, let's live life, let's go adrenaline. Let's live off this adrenaline. After that died down, in November, my girlfriend bought me a guitar. And she said, uh, for my birthday, but I, I stayed there. It was just that, Ibanez there. The orange one, I stayed there. And at some point she says, oh, you just... I bought your guitar and not even use it. And she just nagged at me. And I was like, Whoa, that's true. Let's pick it up. And I started playing, playing, playing. And while I was playing, I saw that I can give out these beautiful melodies out of it that touched me while I was playing. Oh, wow, okay, I could do this. And even if, if it was on one string or whatnot, I could, that's what I was doing. Once I... Once uh, she moved out, because uh, that apartment was way too small, long, long story, but <laughs> she moved out in front at her mom's house, and I stayed there alone. And weed was always something I had a problem with, because I would always paranoid. So I would, I, I would try to do it in a small dose and try to gauge me myself. So therefore, I started gauging myself and seeing, okay, what is weed bringing me? What is it telling me? What is it saying? And, and, and just it brought me these ideas where... You're feeling this. Consciously do it. Like, consciously, like, go through it. I mean, and the guitar just brought out all those emotions out. And that's why I would play and sound stupid to most people, and I don't care. But I would start crying in my living room while I was playing guitar alone. But I was alone, so I don't care. Like, it was a beautiful connection with my sister. And each time I would sing, like... Because I have these songs where I would sing and I would say, like, I wish it was uh, it was me, not you, some shit like that. Tears would come out running out of my eyes and where I couldn't see anything. And I was like, I, I don't know, I understood it like a, a message, a message. My sister telling me, no, man, don't think that way. You're, you're, mm. you're in this life for, for a reason. And I, I, maybe it's, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's my imagination, but I don't care. I took it as a message and I took it as I understood this of life. Does it matter? Really, if it's an imagination or if you're crazy or if it's actually happening, if the message is going through, it doesn't matter. That's what it is. That's what I figured. If it's a message going through, that's that's what you need to grasp on. Because I'll hear, there'll be a lot of people that will listen to this and maybe, be, oh yeah, he's just crazy. But there's real things that are coming from it. 
you know there's there's actual music that's being played there's actual emotions that's being felt so i don't know if it really matters if we have to dissect what's actually happening in your mind mm. you know what's coming out of it is very real and it's in people feel it it's yeah. changing how you live how you play and what you're putting out in the world definitely you know yeah yeah, we lose the plot fast. We just like we like we, we put a science label on it. Oh, and definitely. Just, and then that it's does that's that make, a wall. How does that make sense? And, and yeah. for a lot of people, that wall ends there, and then they don't even listen to what you have to say because oh, he's he's hearing fucking. Vo- he's but one of those or something. Yeah. When I think uh, a lot of people are a little more open. It's changing for sure. A little more, but I, honestly, there's a quality of person as well. I would hope I'm meeting more and more people like this, <clears> where <throat> they're just gonna listen to you for real. And then they're going to hopefully catch that bigger message. They're not going to suddenly put this thing in front where it's like, oh, now we're talking about science. Like this guy's pouring his heart out and talking about like uh, the transmutation of pain and, and the betterment of his life after his sister died, you know? And then you're like, well, <laughs> ghosts, you know, yeah. like, that's not what, that's well, topic for another day, sir, you know? <laughs> it's like the conversation we had with uh, Ronan Levy where, where all these people are doing the it was, ep- it was a few episodes ago where the people are doing uh, psychedelic therapies now and they're working in clinics and they're working with the psychologist and the psychologist comes from a scientific background, not necessarily from those spiritual psychedelic communities, but they have to hold space because these people are having almost religious experiences and they're describing seeing Jesus or seeing Buddha or seeing whatever, their parents coming to talk to them, their, their parents that passed away. And now this is forcing you to, to hold space and to put your scientific mind aside and say, what's actually happening here? What's the actual change happening in this person? And mm. I think it's important what you're saying, because human beings, we tend to go proof. And whatever we can prove is real. But there's a certain aspect of human beings we don't understand still, even today. Like, there's certain things we don't get. People think, oh, you do drugs. Oh, you're going crazy. Your brain is telling you this. No, some there's, there's a certain attachment to the universe that you can get in a certain way that... that that science, I think, might not even be able to prove. Not because they're they're, they're not there yet. We're not there yet. They, they say we have a soul. Some say we don't. I mean... Who knows? What's What's interesting too is now in the community, it's starting to the simulation theory is starting to grow into it. But that, if you really look at it, it's it's just another form of describing the afterlife and the spiritual those realms. It's there's it has scientific wording and backing and more evidence in that field. But it's it's the same story, just different, told differently. That's you true. know. So, it, but we're seeing now it there is a collide between science and and the metaphysics and spirituality. They're kind of hitting. They're, they're completely different ways of going about it, but they are crossing over in that graph. Yeah. I think they're bumping up against each other because the, the goal is helping each other. The real goal is underlined, is underlining everything. And it's, it is this like, what's, what is of use? You know, the proof, the proof's in the pudding, you know, the pudding is us. So if you can't necessarily understand or, or co-opt or bottle the spiritual experience, you can at least have like a, medical or like psychological protocol where you can at least give it space and at most uh, interact with it and dissect it a little bit challenge it if need be if it's not serving you and uh kind of um what's the word expand on it and and let it have its context for the individual but then maybe finding the intention Mm. you know like you, you talked about intention before and we just like all blasted off with rap before and uh, 
Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, There's that, nothing that, illegal that, that, about that one. That was totally illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Still allegedly. You don't know what we're up to, you motherfuckers. Don't try. <laughs> we're not even really here. <laughs> it's all fucking deep fakes. Yeah. Shit. Just three uh, dogs <laughs> sitting around a table. But it's a good point because even the story we spoke about, the podcast with the the husband and wife that serve Ibogaine, um, they had a they had a Navy SEAL come on, and he under his experience he saw the people he's killed, he saw his friend that died in the war when he should have died, his friend got a, died from an explosion, and he saw all these people in his vision. Now we can argue with the scientific reductionist mind that it's just chemicals in the brain. You're just going through past memories, and when you strip that away, none of that exists, and you're just here right now. And they can go dissect it all the way to the molecular level of what that substance is, and your memories and everything. But beep, beep. from that guy's experience, he saw those people. He spoke to his friend. His friend told him to continue on with life, to stop holding on to me. He saw the people he killed. Some were actually young chil- younger children that he unfortunately had to kill from whatever happened in there. War is chaos. And they all told him to go forward, man. And they were applauding him and, and hugging him. Like, whatever the fuck you want to do to describe that uh, from the observer point of view and try to dissect it, it was as real as it is to us. As this moment, was it for him? And... It changed his fucking life and it helped him work through his PTSD. And if you look at that just from this fucking super reductionist mind, you're dismissing so much of what happened in this guy's life that it's real. His whole life changed from that moment. So it's cool that we're going down with the scientific lens and we're trying to see what's happening. But it's also important to know what's actually coming from it. You know, we're such an uh, we're in such a world where we need proof and this and that is with, with whatever's happening. Oh, mask, no mask, this, that, that now I'm just like overwhelmed with this emotion that be, Oh, well, my research shows this. My, I'm, I'm, I'm such right now in this world that I'm just, oh, I'm tired, man. I'm tired and I, I don't want to fight it no more. So like, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I totally agree. I, I see that whatever experience a person has, it's, it's, it's got to mean something. It's, it's got to be valuable. To exactly. Yeah. It is. It, it is has valid. value, man. And you can't take that out of the equation when you're observing something. Yes. The sci- look, the scientific mind and the science method, scientific method has done so much for humanity. We have to agree on that. We're talking through science right now. Yeah. You know, you're listening through science. It's such a powerful tool, but now we're, we're seeing where it's butting heads and it's reaching this pinnacle where, the science and the spiritual world and the spiritual mind have to kind of coincide because they're they're overlapping and we don't even know it yet, mm. you know. And that's what psychedelics I find are really are really illustrating that because these experiences are happening, and you have to take that leap of faith because it, the personal experience is so powerful for some people that you can't refute it because there's actual physical changes coming from it, you know. Yeah. I think I guess there's just a time and a place, you know. There's, there's, it's some people's job to go in and dissect that because who knows what you'll find, and who knows what you'll be able to reverse engineer, and then maybe you can help more people, and and you know, there's always that who knows mentality, and it's kind of what humans are, you know. We're just like we're, we're curious chimps, you know, we're <laughs> programmable monkeys, and a lot of it is baggage and and society and upbringing, but something in us wants to know and know and know and know and know. <laughs> until we drown in question marks. I think it's the same thing when I spoke about with my goals, having that death in mind embedded in my goals. I think science has to have that level of humility that, hey, 100 years ago, we believed something completely different and science proved that wrong. And then 100 years from now, what we believe in science is probably might be completely different. Mm -hmm. So you have to attach yourself to that humility and that 
that question of I don't know and the what if and is this is this concrete 100% or is this a 99% and then keep that 1% with you whatever you do in life especially in the scientific world you have some that are so so strict on their reductionist method like a Dawkins type of guy where it's just like nope doesn't exist nope nope by nature they're, they're specialists that's their job so it's it trickles into their psychology and then they they see things in a tunnel does that not become a belief in its own I think it can be. I think I like the, I like using the word scientism because science is a process and it's a pretty flawless process. There's there's a lot of flaws, but it's taken into consideration. And then there's a lack of certainty that is accepted or a level of certainty that is acceptable to, to, to then bleed into experimentation and, and creation and development and all these things. But it it turned into a little bit of a religion or a little bit of a, a belief, a limiting belief structure yeah. and and... You know, everyone will agree science is awesome, but I think a lot of people will still easily agree that, you know, we're all kind of like backseat scientists now. And we all think things should be certain ways because of what we've learned so far. But a good scientist doesn't even think that way. And some people, it's their career or it's their mentality or they're a teacher now. Like some people don't have the luxury of, of keeping their mind open. And that's mm. their job. Like I said, it's, I, I value these people. Where being a scientist is, is having an open mind. Scientism is having that mind closed, believing certain things of science that is, has nothing to do with facts and what, what, what science really letting, is. Letting existing facts hinder progress. Yeah, exactly. That's what scares the shit out of me, especially if you can help people. And other people, and mostly scientists, probably too. Intention, man. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all intention. It's, it seriously is, man. And whenever you do something, even if like that's something I learned about myself. If 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 I if I do something, I do it with good intention. If that person, I, I would see people from my past, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say something as, ah, you're an asshole. Ah, you're saying that because you they have that image of me being an asshole because they met me that way. But now today, I'm not that person anymore. I'm I'm become a better person. I do it with good intention. Then they would. It's all about intention because I feel good about what I did. My action that I took, I feel good about it. If you believe whatever you believe, that's your problem. Mm. That's not my problem anymore. Um, you're, st you're still, you're still going to get the natural ups, ups and downs of life. But if you Definitely. have an intention, and maybe science doesn't have an intention anymore. Maybe we're just trying to dissect everything and build everything and we're not really sure what, what well, that's going to give. It, I think it's growing now. Like you said, it's coming to a cross point where they're... they're they're legalizing psilocybin and they're, they're, they're moving towards, uh, they see it could cure like PTSD. They, 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 they see these things. So something's happening there. But what they don't understand is that that comes with a fucking baggage of spirituality behind you that nobody fucking understands. Science people don't you understand because they you, don't believe in you it. You can't detach the two. That's the craziest part about the psychedelics because yeah. it, it unfortunately we spoke about this in, in previous podcasts, but... There's ways, and you're saying it too, where you, through DMT, you were told that maybe you can achieve it without it. And that's fucking true. You can achieve it. Going to the Vipassana retreats, practicing meditation, you will achieve those states. But we're in such a momentum-based society that psychedelics are just like a fucking, you said it last part, it's like they're throwing a shoe at you. Like the plant medicine is throwing a shoe at you. You say, hey, fucker, <laughs> listen to this. And all that baggage is attached to it and you can't detach it you could look at it and be like oh try but it's so embedded because it's personal um experience there's like these ancestral experiences that you're having when you drink ayahuasca that you can't just uh, divorce the two and just look at one aspect and that's what we're talking about with the ronan levy where 
the psychologists now have to change their approach to treating their patients because their patients are talking about these out-of-world experiences, meeting God, meeting Jesus, meeting whatever, and that has to be embedded into the therapy now. It can't be out of the discussion. That's you know? crazy. It's really, it's amazing to see. And look, there are some people I spoke with who have no um, uh, spiritual experience through psychedelics. That's pretty cool. I look at it, but they still have this this over... Um, this feeling, this global feeling be, behind it—it's not like an individual experience, but they're not necessarily—they're <coughs> not necessarily meeting um, a god per se or a deity, you mm. know, which is fine too. But it, everyone is having very similar, um, sp- not spiritual, but um, experiences—experiences experiences that are just above human, just yeah. like they're. And it it all comes down to the same theme. I think almost everyone you talk to with the psychedelic experience is about connectivity. They just feel connected all together, you know. And it's cool to see that the psychedelic slipping through, but it has all that behind it. You know, it's like a big trailer with a bunch of passengers. It makes you wonder why they try to block it for so long. You know, I think they they they, they knew it. They know that it has this this kind of power, and now they're just starting to release it out in the public for people to to see what it could do. But yeah, that's always interesting. Well, I, I I would love to know if it was very deliberate or not. That's always something that I was curious about. You know, like there is it is it like in the that intro to Pineapple Express when that dude is like uh Nixon? It's like no, it's like Bill Hader and they're in like the bunker that they end the movie in and the guy and they're testing weed oh, yeah, to see oh, like yeah, so this yeah, army yeah. guy is yeah. smoking weed. He's laughing. And he's like he's like a normal army dude, you know, and then he gets high and he just starts fucking like playing like music <laughs> yeah, in his that head. Was a, that was a great and telling scene. the guy to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like illegal. Like yeah. like we, we But that's to, that's like it frees your mind. It's bad. So then all the other stuff that frees your mind needs to kind of get wrapped up in the same But look at what it was. It, what what did that do? It challenged authority. Okay. He wasn't yeah. listening to authority. So it's so easy to put a put a break on it. Schedule one. Schedule one, you can do this stuff. But fuck, it's going to... People, when we see lines, we cross them. That's the way we are. That's how we got to this part, point in life. So the truth will come. You can only delay it as much. You're like... It's like a, a bike going downhill. You can put the brakes on, but years past, those brakes are going to get thinner and thinner, and then the bike's fucking going. And that's what's happening right now. The, they put a halt on it, but it's fucking reviving. Even and weed, it's funny how they just came out. Okay, now it's it's legal. We can smoke weed in the street. Okay. You're not realizing that weed is like a, a mind opener. It's, a, it's kind of a psychedelic itself. Uh, in some sense, it's a light. I, I find I call it a light psychedelic, where it tells you truths in your face, and you don't like it. And be, when you don't like it, and you don't feel good about yourself. Then you'll go paranoid. So it kind of is, it's kind of it, it lasts a lot less time as well. But it's kind of a psychedelic. I find sure. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is that they put the halt on it. What happens? It crossed over with science. Yeah. The backing behind science helped it grow. And now you can't stop it because now we have literature behind it. We have experience behind it. We have evidence behind it. And now it's fucking flying I've been, together. I've been saying this so long about weed. Like, oh, weed is good for, for the body. Weed, science comes in. It's legal. Boom. Who gets some weed? My grandmother. <laughs> there she you go. Gets that joint bomb like for her arthritis. And so, oh, my God. Buy me this joint. Oh, uh, joint bomb for my arthritis. And then I get her that joint bomb. She talks to it about to my cousin, who's a Mormon, who's not at all into fucking drugs. And she's like, oh, can you get me some? And uh, get me a, bu- uh, a butter, too, as well. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm just like weed guy oh, they're, they're like, I need a sativa. I need an indica. They all these fucking yeah. terms. My joint dad. pain is one thing, but it's like, hey, let's get blasted <laughs> on Saturday. Or but you see it's what's like, happening. Um. <laughs> this is, we're just seeing the first, because we're in the momentum right now, so it's hard to see it. 
but science and the, the plant medicines are colliding over and over again, but with evidence, with yeah. evidence. And yeah. once in this system we play, we're evidence-based society, you can't refute it. The truth will surface. Always, Whether it's always. now or 100 years, it's popping up and you can't like you stop said, it. It's a bubble, man. And it's always going to be pushed back up. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's an unbreakable bubble because it's the fucking truth bubble. So it's, there's so much evidence coming in. And once you have that evidence, you can push it down, but eventually it's, it's going to explode in front of you. So it's kind of cool. You know, it boggles my mind that a few people can make a decision that affects our our ability to experience things in these fundamental ways, like like human psychology, spirituality, our our, our like interpersonal relationships are are. She's just making her bed. Our, <laughs> she digging uh, yeah. for gold. <laughs> uh, our our culture, like everything. Everything that could be that could have been influenced and grown and 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 achieved and learned has been paused for fifty years or something because some people just said like no this is bad for you and they had no way of knowing because the science wasn't out there and I mean when you put it that when I put it that way now obviously it was it was stopped because it's mind altering and if you're in a paradigm that is tricking you, that is hypnotizing you, that is making you just do your day-to-day life and that's what's needed from this particular society, then whatever you take, be it rape or weed or fucking DMT or salvia, it's going to shift your perspective. All of these things are going to shift your perspective in different ways. And that, in essence, is going to allow you the space, maybe even force you to challenge your norm, to, to... to to just feel tripped up and to see things as new and then when you see i can think of a million examples i'm like stumbling now when you see like i don't know like psychedelics becoming legal or uber or coronavirus or like you just suddenly these things look a little different everything looks a little different you get, you get a different pair of glasses to look at them in a sense yeah or like cleaner glasses yeah I don't know, that's, maybe that's a boast, maybe that's a claim, and that's not necessarily true, but I feel like you lose stuff that stop you from seeing the bigger picture. It's not just that you see differently. And this is maybe measurable. This is maybe something you can, I can talk about it and then show that I am more like plus three in some personality aspect mm. or something. I don't know. I, I do know, though, because <laughs> I've experienced it. So when someone says, like, oh, you just took a drug, like you said earlier, like you take DMT, like you're influencing your mind. And then someone on the outside sees you come out of that and suddenly like believe in God or whatever you want to, you know, slap a quick label on it. Then that can be like, uh, you feel like you're in, in some Stepford wife world or some like, a I don't know. I'm trying to think of another movie, but like a, like this cult vibe hmm. where like they're indoctrinated suddenly hmm. and in a quick and scary way, you know, like you just drank some magic potion and now you're one of them. And it's like, one of what? <laughs> You know, like you're right, but like you know, like when I went to Vipassana, I was telling it to my friends, and my, my and her, his, like I was at a friend's place, and his parents were there, and the mom was like, "This sounds like a cult," and I just went like, "Yep, you know, it does." You know, I had the same experience. I told, <laughs> I told my friends I was going, and this one girl, she was there. She's like, "Oh, I had a friend that went there. Oh, don't do it." I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, oh, he, he changed everything. He dropped all, like, he doesn't talk to any of us anymore. And he's just doing his, he's like walking barefoot and he's like super in tune with like uh, nature and everything. And I'm like, Dad, I'll yeah, go twice. I'm like, I'm like, that sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> I started laughing, like, what's wrong with that? And then she scratched that. She's like, 
It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, well, it's her. It's but her, that's her label. You know what I would exactly, tell her? Yeah. Is but, if that guy's living this fragile life where he can 180 suddenly because of a singular experience. I didn't want to say it. I'm like, you didn't need you guys. That's it. You know, like, don't, <laughs> sorry, you guys, don't take it personally. Call him guys, up. Tell him you miss him. Maybe yeah, you'll fucking yeah. want to see You guys were, were a negative environment for him. Not your negative, but your environment for him was negative. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's tough for people. That's tough for me too, man, to not take it personally. And I've cut out some people in my life recently. And maybe it's only because I've been cut out. I start realizing that, that that could be a good decision for somebody and then starting to do it for myself and seeing the benefits. And it's nothing personal. It's not personal. It's personal, but it's about me. It's not about you. The way you really have to reword it is they're not toxic people. You know, they're people going through the thing, but they're toxic to you. Interactions so, are toxic. So, so it's not this person's a toxic person out of my life. It's no, it's toxic. The relationship's toxic for me. And when you create that buffer, it's not, you're not putting any blame on that person. It's just, it's not vibing with once, your vibe. Once you separate from them, because it happened, I think it happens to most of us, like that we block off people. And it happened to me as well. And I just blocked off a couple people. And when I see them today, I don't want, I don't want harm on them. No, like I know, I know they're they're they weren't good for me because they they would or put me down or all the time say something negative or not never try to uh, lift me up. Mm. And that's what I need. I need people who are going to lift me up and say, "Hey, man, you're you're amazing. You're this. You're that. Go ahead. You can do it. You you know you have power." Those people are who you want to be around with. But those people who who uh, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. You're an, if he repeats you a thousand times, you're an asshole. You're going to start to believe you're an asshole, mm. and you don't need that. That's maybe toxic. that's what you're. Exp uh, 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 escaping also you know Absolutely. the person might not be bad just, just the interaction has become the expectations yeah you just need to leave so that you can give yourself permission to change and then maybe you can come back or maybe not but you just you maybe you can't do it when you're with that person it's 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 really about the individual yeah it's hard it's we almost need like a safe word you know, you just say like Fakakta and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> like you, you, this is not, you can't see me anymore because of your personal health it has nothing to do with me. It's more about our interaction. Maybe yeah. it's something to do with me, but that's my problem. And I'll take a look into it now, People but you're taking care of yourself. But People's when you have those sensations with someone though, yeah. when you have those sensations with someone that like, it's feeling like a toxic relationship, it's not from, it's from years of growth into that toxic direction. So sometimes just dissecting it is so difficult because you don't know where to start. And there's so much, there's a, there's years of, between you two mm. that have fueled this path that you're both on. Yeah, so and, you oh, have, to, so separating is the first step to separate, see how you function, heal what needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And then see if you can get back to that state of, of, of harmony again with that person. Probably not. Usually From not. From my experience, not. Usually I, not. I think that if you get to that point and then you need to change if, if it's going to be really difficult, like you're saying, to get into that web and to try to undo stuff, but half of that is them. So if it's a long-term relationship and it's gotten that complicated, no matter what type of relationship that is, that person's going to have to sit down with you and do the changes with you at some point. You're going to have to be like, look, like, you know, like, like I said, it could be a friendship or a, a, a relationship, like a, a spouse or something, could but you're anything. pretty much yeah. you, like... If you think you can give them that credit or give them that chance, maybe they can surprise you and you sit them down and say, like, I'm thinking of breaking up with you. Like, this isn't fun for me and I don't think it'll be fun for you. But like, maybe we can fix this, you know, like, and if we and if you're not willing to, I mean, you, maybe you won't say that to the person. But if you realize that the effort is not mutual, hmm. even if they would wish that you stick around, it's it's necessary at that point for you to just be like, well, I got to I got to cut ties and. 
Yeah. I said cut ties and then that song from the 90s just started playing in my head. <laughs> cut ties from all the lives that you've been living in. And <laughs> if you do not want to see me again, I will understand. It's literally what the guy's saying in the song. <laughs> but that's it. Point made. Yeah. Music. Play that. We're going to put that song over you. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, or just, it's, the, it's like the outro song. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be good. We're going to get sued now or something. Fuck it. Let's get sued. Take, take it off YouTube or whatever. That's but that's funny. it. That's, that's how it goes. You know, that, that is a value. That is a, a bold thing that you can do. I don't know if I'm able to do that where you would have a sit down with that person and just lay it out. You know, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm always the one getting dumped. I'm not, I'm not quick to tell people to fuck off. And by the time I do, I think I'm, it's, I waited too long. And mm. then I'm just like, I need some space or I just, or I just ghost because mm. I'm a little socially awkward sometimes. And I, there's no way to tell the person. Plus, if you were thinking of cutting ties, damn it, <laughs> I gotta stop saying that. Yeah. If you're thinking of removing a person from your life, which boundaries, you well, know, you're, it's your right. It's your ending, that, ending that relationship. The, the person that I did it with was getting mad at me saying that this is like some weird like white privilege bullshit that you can like cut people out and i'm like i'm like but anyway uh, the 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 individual (laughs) experience (laughs) no but it's my 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 bigger point is that the there there was there's already a problem with communication Hmm. so maybe you were right that the first step is to cut ties. Like we have a friend who who was dating somebody, and they were having relationship problems, and and they they're not living together anymore. So they're like playing with the idea of still being together, and playing with the idea of breaking up. But they took us. They took an intermediate step, and I think that's maybe they just been together so long and they felt that was necessary. And their the goal is secretly for both of them. They just want to break up and just kind of experience that. But I think it took a little bravery to say, let's, let's half break up. Mm-hmm. Let's give this some space to breathe and, and kind of you see, see the what issue happens. with that though, is that it's like that meme I shared once. It's like, uh, sometime it was like three hands, one holding the rope, one, um, oh, yeah, I, saw that. I think it was two actually one holding the rope, one releasing the rope and the rope was tearing the hand, the first photo. And the second one was releasing and it says sometimes letting go is more, is less painful than holding on. And I think may, I don't know them, so I don't know their situation, but, it sounds like they're trying to hold on to last straws to see where it's going to go. I don't know. You never know. But There's seen, always two sides. I've yeah. seen that pattern many times where it's sometimes you have to fully let go and mm. then work through your shit. And then if you recollide back together, that's that's the way to go about it. I think that, that has to, sorry. Uh, I think it has a lot to do. People don't, are afraid, sorry. People are afraid to be alone. But that's that's the problem. That's, and that's one thing you have to learn how to live with yourself alone and how to deal with, with certain people. And then you'll be able to deal with, with people who come around you because you know who you are. You know exactly are. who you are. I had that uh, last year. I had a bad breakup. And I, 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 you kind of remember that I was going through like we, we opened the relationship. We were trying things. It ended up being super painful for me because the my partner's at the time her intention maybe wasn't as pure as mine was. I was actually very interested in the subject, and I realized I was giving so much of myself to try to fill her cup, and I was emptying my cup without even realizing it. And then it just broke up, and I'm like, fuck, you know, like I didn't know who the fuck I was anymore. I was just like in the spiral, and it, I wasn't even. I was a little bit sad about the breakup, but the main pain was that I lost any any uh, idea of who I was. So I booked a trip to Thailand 
One month later, I fucked off. I went to Thailand for a month. I had no end date. You know, I, I just went. I booked the trip, no return date. When I was there, I just there was one moment I was on my I was talking about motorcycles. I was on my motorbike just driving, and I just had like a breeze. I'm like, there there you are. <laughs> yeah. you, you fell in love with yourself. I'm like I'm like there you are. And it was after like three days in. I'm like okay, we don't need to stay here too long. I'll do about a month. I'm just driving. I'm just like yeah yeah. I'll we're be back. Okay. And the fucking rest of the trip was just like self dates. It was like a romantic time together, and. That's excellent. That was one of my memories. Another memory was I was on the beach walking. I was listening to one of my playlists on Spotify. My client gave me this playlist. It's just I played it for you or someone. It was called Coffee House. It's just like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I usually play for massage. We didn't put music, but usually I put it up for massage. And it's just like people on the guitar, indie music, just like fucking probably like uh, 432 hertz, whatever, just chilling, you know. And I was walking on the beach and the sun was setting and the 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 ocean got pulled back like a kilometer. So there's just sand for walk. And I'm just walking and I just start crying to one song. I'm just tearing up. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I, it was I silence. Love, I love those moments. I say, thank you. Yeah, I was, yeah. I wasn't crying a sad. I was crying oh, out of happiness. all the emotions yeah, at once. Yeah, yeah. And that is like, out of all the shit I did in Thailand, that's the only memory that really sticks because that was like, it felt like a romantic date with myself. And I'm like, fuck, man, where have I been? I'm back, baby, you know? Where have I been? <laughs> I you come that. back out of that plane. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> You're so ready, man. At that point, it didn't matter how long I stayed. I'm like, you know what? Three, four weeks, four, four weeks and a few days. It's perfect. I'm coming home. I found myself, you know? Not found myself. I reconnected with myself. Yeah. And that's, when you realize that now I can go, even uh, last weekend, I went camping alone for two days, you know? And telling people that, telling some people that, they're like, oh, alone? what but like yeah, yeah, yeah. what's wrong with going alone well it's like i live alone so i can just live alone in a tent for a few days what's the difference you know it's just that fear they, of being they, alone man yeah they associate that to social but if you if you dig deeper you find out people don't want to be alone i used to do that man that's it what i i finished watching i was going through a phase and i finished watching uh, yes man with jim carrey and he always says yes to everything and, <laughs> great and, movie Hey, he sings I, I Will Understand. That's in, yeah. the, that's in the movie. Okay, just side note, little synchronicity there. And I just had this idea, you should go to this bar. And I said, oh, no. And I, this anxiety, my anxiety popped back up and said, oh, uh, no, 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 you shouldn't. Be. And I, I fought that thought by saying, yes, let's go. And then I did it. And mm -hmm. then you just, woo, you, something happens where you just like, you're happy with yourself. You're happy with the decision where you finally accomplished something. By doing it, and uh, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, with man. That, with that connection, and that's what I do. Those kind of things where those that resistance. Oh, I'm going alone. I like challenging myself because you got your own back, and if you test it, you can have fun with it, seeing how you have your back in all these different scenarios. Yeah. Going to the bar, maybe that little anxiety, but you go anyway. I or went alone. Yeah, that's it. You know, like um, the vipassana is a ten day experience alone. You know, ten days of meditation. I remember telling people that, and. People that maybe the first time hearing it through me and they're like, oh, that sounds horrible. Alone with your thoughts for 10 days. I can't do that. And I heard I can't do that from so many people. I'm like, let's break it down. You're going alone for yourself for 10 days to look inwards and to, to give yourself those moments. What is hard about that? There's nothing changed. hard about that. People are afraid. It's just managing. fear. That's yeah. The fear is the hard part. But if you're comfortable in all aspects alone and you have this support system, this, this pillar of, of support made out of stone, that's another quote from Jesus. Uh, build your house on stone, not on sand. I've said it in previous podcasts, yeah. but it's such a powerful quote because that house is you. And if your foundation is built on stone, it can't move. 
It's going to stay there. On sand, the tide comes, you fucking collapse and you restart. Yeah. So if you have that strong foundation, I'm good alone, I'm good, whatever. Bro, when you have someone come into your life after that, it's just an addition. Yeah, and they'll you fall know? in love for the person that you are, not the person that you're trying to be for them. That's know? the big yeah. thing. And that's why there's so much misery because people change themselves for someone else or try to adapt to that person to impress that person. It's all for validation or for whatever. And then there's just this 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 hole that they've covered and it could show up in 20, 30 years from then and they just wake up. And, you know, sooner than that. Yeah, some people, it's sooner, some people, they can hide it because they're yeah. successful in material world and whatever and they just can... can and they can, suffer, but they don't show you. That's the thing. When I was a kid, I yeah. used to dress like hip-hoppy. Yeah. Like big gap baggy clothes yeah. and you know i used to be cool montreal north style yeah. and then this chick came into my life she's italian well dressed and, and then i oh she wants me to be like that so i started dressing like she wanted and i started to be like she wanted i was not happy yeah. i wasn't happy at all and when she dumped me she dumped me afterwards and i realized and oh, left that's, i left I, I was lost that's it and that's when i started to know myself after that but then for the time being when i was with her i was just pleasing i was doing that to please her mm. It's but the, that, I learned my lesson there. I want to bring it back to intention because I'm realizing everything we're talking about, you, there's a flip side. And like, you know, in this instance, if you, if you are comfortable in yourself, then doing things for other people and changing yourself even or parts of yourself are not a big deal. And then you're doing it on the outside. It could look like this kind of codependent uh subject that we're circling around but it isn't it just actually isn't you're just you're bending over sometimes for this person and hopefully in a in a longer term relationship it becomes a kind of altruistic exchange and the same thing with uh with uh, uh cutting people out you know sometimes for for me personally i'm sure other people feel this uh there's a fear of what are my intentions and it can be petty you know like it's the person I'm, that I'm talking about that I cut out, I don't know if I'm going to cut them out forever. I know I needed a break and I know I've been with friends with them for like five, six years. And, and it's not like, oh, fuck you. And like, you're just saying something that bothers me or it's, it's a, it's an admission of a pattern. And it's like, it's better if we're not talking anymore, you know, like th there's, there could be this place where you just go like, oh, this person is like challenging my paradigm and, and and I have this option to cut people out in a healthy way, air quotes, you know, and then you, you might do it, but it was wrong, you know, and it wasn't addressing the issue. And it's the same thing with this, you know, like some people could be alone because they're avoiding something. Some people could be with people because they're avoiding something. It all comes down to the, the yoga, like what is actually happening in the person? And, and I get, you know, we can talk about commonalities for sure. People often... Are, have an easier time being with other people. I'm, I think I'm like a classic introvert. That's the funniest thing is I'm realizing how drained I get by people. And, and the last few months I've had a lot of space to be alone, even though I'm, I live at home and I have like family, but to give, like, I, I really haven't given myself that space. So there's, there's an, there's a, there's an extra layer of complexity here hmm. even because I actually work better alone but have never given myself that chance and actually prefer to be with people or work with people. So it's, it gets really muddy <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like what are my intentions? I have to check. I can't just think of like, we talked about it before. The, like goals are useful, but 
the goal goal is like a concrete thing that you can put and you can chase and that can be very useful as well but again intention is really important in all of intention these intention is the driver yeah you know and what comes before intention is presence okay so that that month of being with yourself that presence that oh fuck yeah i feel myself and now the intentions can start forming in because you're aware of this moment you know and now you can live your whole life from that present moment so you know what presence feels like it's like when the rapi it gives you that little moment of presence and now you can dictate decisions based off of intention why am i doing this why am i doing this what's the reason behind this and that's where you'll live a fulfilled life where it's now everything you're doing is based off of that present moment with the intention stemming from it you know and it could be as simple as this person is cutting this person out it just it's not it's not jiving anymore the the energies are not matching so there's that that can be as much as the intention that needed for that, you know. I, I had people I cut off, and today I, I, I still talk to them. I still see them, and I realized this person changed. Hmm. Maybe something happened in his life. I know he had a kid, and his 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 life changed completely. He, and when I sat down, knowing me as an analytical guy, I sat down and analyzed him to see if it was bad vibes or not or he was trying to be fake or something like that. And I realized, no, man, this guy's like, he's a good, genuine person. And something happened where he changed. Like, he's he's not the asshole he was. So I gave him a chance. Some people, I don't want to give them that chance until, like, they do what they have to do to approach me, which is or apologize or recognize a certain uh, amount of, uh, of responsibility in their actions. Like, and that's who I am as a person. Like, I'll tell you I'm wrong, I'll, but... I expect you to do the same when you are. And some, sometimes it never happens. And that's, that's the case. And I accept it. I accept the faith of it. I accept uh, what, what, it, what it teaches me. I accept what, what it's bringing me. And that's what, how we have to see it, I think. Yeah. No, no codependence. No, exactly. Just uh, no thoughts of it. Because if you hold a thought, you're holding it. It's like holding a hot coal in your hand. It's like anger. If you're, and it weighs you down. It weighs you down. It drains you. It's not, it's, I don't want that. No, I forgive. I, I've I've seen people in the street which I've done harm to, and I I went up to them and I apologized, just for my release of 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 that negativity that it had that that guiltiness. Like even if it was like, if it doesn't, I don't know if it helps them or not. But for me, it was like, listen, I really apo- genuinely apologize. I I'm sorry. I I acted this way when I was this. I was an idiot. I was a kid. I wasn't at the right place at the right time in my mind, and I apologize. And that person, well, okay, thanks. And that's it. I would leave it, and this person would rewrite to me afterwards. Thanks a lot. It really helped me out that, that you, like, or not. or And you know what? That's that's their issue. I did my part. I came forward and gave you my my my, my 50%. Yeah, I, I used to use the analogy, like, the when people say the ball is in your court, you know, I used to use it almost like as a way of shifting blame. Like, I did my part. Now you have to hit the ball back to me. Yeah. So it's like I can relax. And that was maybe a little disingenuous, but it's like to really give the person the ball and to be like, are we playing or not? You know, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest, I mean, if you go with the analogy of the game, like they don't have to serve back to you. You're, you're walking away already. Exactly. It's almost, it's more like maybe food is a better analogy because they take the ball and they take it in sort of, and then maybe they'll make you food and give you the, I don't know, I'm, I'm mixing analogies I'm now. I'm just but hungry now. I, I am a little hungry, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's. It's, but it's interesting. It comes with intention too. What's your intention? Is it to like look good? People please. Because that, that could be. Because that could be. If the intention's ill, that can be manipulative. Manipulative. Absolutely. You know, 
But if and, you're going and manipulated, to manipulate you know, you're in a yeah. fear state and then people start manipulating each other without even knowing it. They're yeah. both in a fear state and that's codependent. Like you're, you're tugging at each other in and kind of playing with your insecurities. But and if you say you with get good trapped. intention, that's it. It's, it's released. It's out and there. That's it. It's released and you, and nothing comes of it. Say whatever it wants. Okay. Thank you for the message yeah. back. If it's positive, if it's negative, well, I don't care. And if nothing comes out of it, so yeah, be exactly. it. So it's, there was no expectations attached to it. it. Yeah. I, you know, Growing up, I was a piece of shit kid. You know, I, <laughs> I was bad. Crew, yeah, I was bad. I used to. Who wasn't he? <laughs> I used to get in trouble with the police, uh, fighting, all this crazy shit. And people who know me from back then till now, they they kind of don't recognize. They're like, "What would happen to you?" Like as if it was a one day switch. But it's a journey. You know, yeah. it's just sometimes like that that thing you were saying with the guitar, where you just pop in and it's been a year, but it it feels like it happened overnight with with his playing, but. There was people I did wrong when I was younger, and as I started going on my path of um, self-realization and and healing what needed to be healed and observing what's all those mechanisms, there's people I send messages to on Facebook, on Instagram, in person. I just say, hey, man, or hey, you, whatever. Um, so I'm sorry for what I did back then, back in 2029, 20, 2009, or 2008. I said something to you, or I, I hit you. I'm really, really sorry about that. And I don't know what happens from there. I just say it, you know. Usually it's well-received. I was like, oh, thank you. That means a lot, Moa. And we never spoke since, but it's out there. And there's no, I'm not expecting us to be friends or expect you to be like, oh, I forgive you. It's not, there's no intentions behind it. It's just, uh, there's no um, expectation expectations yeah. behind it. There, the intention was just, I want to just, I feel like maybe this can offer some type of closure for both of us. Yeah. Let's, it's like a window, a door that never kind of closed. And then we can, I can just add that element of like, hey, I know what I did was fucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you know, and then boom. I had that with one guy from high school. It was grade nine, 10, kind of a piece of shit to him. Grade 11, we just started hanging out. And I told him mid hangout, we were hanging out for months. And I'm like, hey man, I'm sorry about that time. I, I kind of pushed you against the locker and confronted you about something you said. I'm really sorry about that. I feel like I'm, it was very stupid of me. And he's like, wow. I'm like, what? He's like, I've been thinking about that every time we hang out. It's always in the back of my mind and it's kind of scary because I don't know if you're going to do that to me again. And uh, thank you for that, man. And we just had that moment of just like this, like peace, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it, hasn't, it doesn't have to be anything more than that, but it's kind of closure for both of us, you know? It kind of changed the page. I respect that because it's kind of you stepping on your ego and listen, we're fucked. I fucked up. I realized that. And it has not nothing to do with you. I fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. And not a lot of people have that. Not a lot of people are able to like check themselves and be able to like, listen, I apologize for this action that I took. And it feels good, man. Yeah. When you take it, when you say with good intention and listen to, to heal the other person, it fucking feels good. It does. Yourself, man. You're like, wow. Okay. That, that fucking cloud i can throw it out i'm done with it otherwise you never see it again you're playing a game together even if you're not talking that you kind of both know about this this past yeah but you're trying to pretend that pride is there yeah and you see that person but you know he was a piece of shit to me or i or he, you were a piece of shit to them and you both know it but it's never never spoken about playing stupid essentially <laughs> yeah. yeah like you're the, i think there's a lot of times when moments call for action or inaction and you just have to be in this kind of listening vibe and that is already a little complicated if it's not something that's practiced, like just a kind of mindfulness in moment to moment living. But then you, you, you may like your ego may or may not want to do what's necessary. So you may need to bite your tongue or you may need to let out a certain phrase. 
and you're afraid to because it is going to shift the paradigm and change the way the person sees you. And for me, most of the time, I'm afraid of it coming off as disingenuous because there is the maybe the darker, the more, the, the more shadow intention of I want this person to like me or more or I want, uh, I want this person to have that good feeling. I want the, 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 the catharsis. When the true intention or the only, the only available intention the only intention that's going to be able to pay back is that ball in your court thing that we were talking about earlier. So it's nice that that person that you're talking about, you guys had a moment sort of, you know, but like you had your first moment where you, where you said like, Hey, I'm sorry. And maybe they won't take it well, you know? And it looks, but, but that's not your problem. No. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's even if you want good for that person, that's not your problem. I'm, 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 it's not, but getting to that that point, I'm done. I'm done with pleasing people and being nice. I, I will tell them the truth. I will be nice. And my intention is always good. That's my, my train of thought. That's how will, they receive it after exactly. that. Exactly. If they receive it badly, listen, I have no bad intentions behind it. I, I just want you to understand this is my point of view. Like I got a situation. I've been helping uh, Jay's father with his, with his uh, and Jay said something that, that, that touched me in a sense. Like uh, he, I'm fixing his, his bike and shit. We're fixing it. We're fixing it. Each time I go, we fix it a little bit. We fix it a little bit. But if I'm not there, he doesn't touch the, the bike. And I told him to, like I told his dad, was like, hey, man, if I'm not there, you're not fixing your bike, man. And with like, and I was direct, as truthful as I could. And like he stepped back and. Jay says, that's why I love this guy. He, always, he says the truth, but I didn't say it with bad intention. I said, dude, I want, I actually want him to ride his bike because I know the feeling of riding a bike. It's amazing. It's something you need. And he says, like, he always tells the truth. Like, that's what I want. I want to say the truth to your face, but I want it with good intentions. That's what counts. It's the receivers. At that point, it's the, how the receiver receives it. You know, and it can be attached to uh, insecurities or whatever it is. Like, oh, like, he's coming and aggressing me. But no, I'm just pointing out something that's concrete and, like, hey, work on it, you know? And it happened so many times in my life yeah. where I'd said something like this straight out and the person took it bad and then I felt bad and then that energy just like uh, bottled up inside of me. Like at some point, like I saw my friend who came out of the hospital and his mom, uh, we went to eat at his house and his mom, oh, do you guys want to eat? And I said like, oh, thank you, but no, thank you, I have to go. Hmm. That's what I said. And she took it badly that I said, thank you, no, thank you. And she, like, she told his friend, I don't want to see that guy ever again, this and that. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. And then each time I would chill with him, like, his mom, I'd feel bad. And then, like, it was a, like, portrayal of energy, like, bad energy going around me every time she was. I was like, I can't live like this. I can't. Like, you got to accept what you say. And if it's, like, if I say, hey, man, fuck you with a bad intention, hey, man, okay. But that's not, it's not the case. Most of the time, I'm a human being. It still happens. I drive on the road. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's all kinds of people and sometimes I don't have the best intention, but hey, I catch myself and I say, man, don't focus about, don't focus on that, right? Yeah. You got to let people kind of squirm sometimes. I feel like when when someone's having, um, and and it applies to myself often too, like when someone's having an emotional response, I'm not saying it's a bad thing in a blanket way, but sometimes people are just like in an emotional state and it's a clear like echo. It's cl- it's clearly bigger than the situation, you know, some sankara or whatever you want to call it, like some pattern or defense mechanism, uh, ego got bruised, whatever mm. you want to call it. And, and I instantly have this image of a kid in a room, like stomping around, like mm. they're alone. The thing that angered them is over, but they're like, ah, they're just creating this energy 
and it becomes this kind of like toroidal storm where they're just pumping themselves up mm. and they kind of need to just burn themselves out. And I picture a kid because it gives me like a clearer context. It's not a belittling, but it's like a, it's like a, oh, this is like a human thing. And like, we all have our childlike capacities still, you know, like no one really grows up. And if they, if they do, like they kind of, they've either always been that way or they're, they're biting down on some traits that they don't want to let out, you know, like it's not I always love, healthy. I love that kid analogy because we're all kids. We all come out as kids, right? And, and some people don't get out of that phase. They're just stuck. And I think of the Karens of the world. Like, oh. And I saw Karen, like, she would stop. Ah, mom, fuck you. And she was saying bad words. Man, she was stomping like this. And it just, you're a kid. You're a little kid throwing a kid tantrum out there. And, like, if she saw herself for a second, she would instantly feel shame and stop. Maybe not. Maybe it'd make her maybe worse. Her, maybe. maybe those resistance walls are so powerful and that kid is so protected that you can't pierce into it. You know, I think, I don't know where I came to this realization, but anger, when, you, when you're acting out of anger and everything, it's, it's just this layer of, pre oh yeah, I was talking to a client. Okay, I'll just go back a little bit. She was telling me, I was massaging her and she told me, because she's been going through her stuff, it's COVID's intense for everyone. And she's, a older, she's in her fifth, late 50s or 60. And her son lives in London. And I can imagine a mother in all the panic, whatever you want to say about COVID, whatever, it doesn't matter. But for everyone, the fear is real to them. And the fact that he's not here is bothering her. And it's, it's, yeah. it's inside. Like any parent is probably worried about their kids, even if he's an adult. And she was saying that because um, her back is out. Everyone's back is out. Everyone. Everyone's <laughs> fucking true. back. It just stores. Everything gets stored there. And... So I helped release it. And then she was saying, I'm like, what kind of emotions are coming up? And she's like, uh, anger. And I'm like, she's like, I feel, I realize it's anger that's causing this. And I'm like, okay, I'm angry about what? She's like, and my son is not with me. And I'm like, let's go one step further because it's not anger you're feeling, it's sadness. You're sad he's not with you. The anger is the protection of that sadness. Mm -hmm. That anger is that, but you look behind it, it's just this, this literally a sad child that's heartbroken. And you know, and she's like, I never thought of it like that. And I left her with that. I didn't go into more. Let her think about it and understand the sadness. Stop looking at the, at the fire and look at what started the fire. And the fire, what started the fire is like the sadness that she has. And everyone's operating on that. And everyone's operating on anger. And I was thinking, if someone's angry towards you, they, they yell at you in the streets. If you engage back in anger, you're just entertaining the, that wall that they've created. And you're just helping that wall get stronger and stronger. But if you don't engage with that anger, their, their anger is not affecting you. And that sadness might get exposed a little bit more because that anger requires energy. You know, yeah. when you get angry, you can squeeze, squeeze, but at some point you got to release. Fire. Yeah. yeah. So what comes after anger or before anger is that sadness, that pain. And when you can observe that, you can solve so many problems, man. Yeah, anger's stimulating. Anger's addictive. That's anger's it. engaging. And you get pulled into it, especially if you have that kind of family dynamic. You know, if you're suddenly getting yelled at in the street, you're like, Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm prepared. I got, I got the artillery. I got yeah. the muscle, you know? But you're not even Sadness. scratching the surface. Yeah. It's, there's, there's a meditative aspect. We just talked about it. You know, this whole integration of our sadness and grief turning into the light. Like, there's the, it's so meditative. It's so honest. It's not as rush-inducing. It's not as mm. fun. I, it's, it's weird to think, but, but this is how it's seen in psychology, in neurology. The chemistry of anger. It's, it's enticing. It's addictive. It's literally, like, it's it's crazy to put it that way but it is in a chemical sense enjoyable to the brain you're you're having this it's, kind it's of a like, lot of stimulation a lot of sensation 
but know? it's but it's satisfying in an addictive way that you're getting this kind of this rush and it's uh it's filling some kind of dopamine to quota me, to or me something. it's draining getting uh, uh, sorry i know you want to say is. something i just like lately with the covid the mask thing the obligation of putting a mask which i'm totally against we should have the choice i think and just the messages of people thinking they have more information uh, the side of no mask thinking they should have, that just drained me it got me so angry that the government obliged this i'm on facebook i'm seeing this and it drained me so much i had to close my facebook i closed my facebook i don't want to do dude your mood changed instantly oh, like dude. when you told me i was like oh <laughs> no you said <laughs> i get it yeah. good for you bro yeah. <laughs> and you were happy for me and i was like wow okay I opened it back up like two days ago. I still, f I read it. I, f oh, I can't. <laughs> Dude, I spent, I spent hours one day where I was like a couple hours over a week where I changed my Facebook experience. Like I realized I'm not getting rid of it anytime soon. So I, I tried to make my feed like it's just friends that I actually want to see what's going on with them and like some, some new stuff, but mostly like art. Hmm. And even then stuff sneaks in. And even if it's all positive, it's still next, 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 which is stressing in itself like we've talked about but fuck man you know it's it a changes thing. a lot though yeah it changes that's that's know. anger i was talking about it's yeah. funneled and it's all it's no adrenaline all cortisol on yeah. on facebook because you're just on a two things screen. facebook i i went back into my old posts and i started noticing i can see my psychological state in my posting and i'm like there's so much like pedophilia like anti well, obviously anti-pedophilia like expose these fucking people and i'm looking i'm looking there's and just there's, there's just pedophilia <laughs> <laughs> no, what no. the fuck facebook <laughs> They're just like, this is what I'm posting. I'm just like posting about Prince Andrew, about this, about this. And then I'm looking and then there's positive. And then Prince Andrew, positive, just like Maxwell, positive. And I'm like, look, man, like, what is, what are you trying to push out in yourself? What's, what's coming out? So I started, maybe not everyone will agree with this, but I started deleting my old, my negative posts because it's not what I want to, to experience and put out. And yes, it's true. It's happening. It's disgusting and horrible, but it's affecting me. And it's showing f physically in my newsfeed and that I'm pushing out there. And it's not that I, I'm, I'm censoring myself. It's just that I don't want to push out more negativity, try to bring the light back into it. Mm. I could spin it and call it a redaction, maybe. Like you're, you're altering something that's already a presentation. But it's intention because there was no real intention. I was just, oh, fuck this, you know, click. Push this, share this, like, everyone got to know. And then I'm getting a reaction. Oh, yeah, we're all angry together. Uh, you can always tell when know? those oh, posts yeah, are up. Because yeah. either, no, no, like, everyone ignores them or everyone, like, it, it makes them kind of almost feel bad for you. And then you get, like, 200 likes or something because they're like, oh, I have to make this guy not feel like a loser right now. <laughs> yeah, and It's then, a weird game, dude. And then you, you have the support, but the support's based off of sand. The foundation is just sadness or whatever, and there's no intention behind what you're putting out there. Mm. And it's fueled, it's mirrored by everyone who's also feeling those similar feelings. The second point I want to say about anger is if we go back to your story with your sister, and you said there was a moment of choice where you can choose anger or you can choose to, to just look inwards. Had you chosen that anger and became that heroin dealer and that bad person, imagine the walls you would have today, those resistance definitely, walls. Definitely and then walls. so big that the anger needs more anger to fuel that fire. So you're going to be, you know, people say like, oh, I, I don't find trouble. Trouble always seems to find me. It's at some level you're looking for that trouble because that's your front, what's what's in front of you. So when you, when you see a very angry or negative people, they're attracting all that. It's just feeding that fuel because those are the lenses you're wearing, you know? And they will never notice. 
Like no. The talk I had with my friend yesterday, I told him, like, yo, dude, you are the center of the universe, and everybody, every planet revolving around you is people that you're bringing into this world. It's like a black hole in a sense. It is. It's, it's pulling a black hole everything negativity. in. You have the black holes of positivity as well. You can have beautiful people around you, and that's what I had in Nunavut. That's what I have here in my life. I have beautiful people around me because that's what I want to surround myself with. And it's important to remember to keep the empowerment is you have that choice to choose the two sides. Am I a black hole of negativity or do I want to be a black hole of positivity? And there's work involved in both, right? We're just, if you're in that negative mindset, the work has been done and that's what you feel is normal. And then the positive feels like such a struggle to achieve. Mm. But it's equal work. It's just you've put more work into one aspect. So when you switch the, the paradigm, we'll go back to the first podcast we did of manifesting your reality. Things will just fly in, you Definitely. know? Because you're, you want it, people want to be around that kind of energy. They want to feed that energy and it's like a mirror and you just grow into this fucking conscious aware being of love and and it's shared amongst the people in your circle yeah it's definitely is going to be a circle of oranges yeah you know and and, and things you attract man yeah things you, things you attract exactly yeah things well, you attract, the man. intention you want. bleeds yeah. into victimization you know if you forego intention it's because you're forego forego like you give up the choice okay you like you give up the the option even though it's it's being made for you at that point, I guess you know. But you're you're throwing out this um, like like I picture that kid again, and before they get angry, there's the sadness, like you said, and it's like a refusal of that sadness. You know, you you say something along the lines of, um, like, no, wait, like the way I feel is not my responsibility. Someone or something did this to me, mm. and then you become angry. Now mm. you're the victim, and you're like, blame. Not my pro. I didn't do this. Fuck, fuck you, world. And then you start stomping around and throwing your toys around and shit. And that's that's the bridge from sadness, this lack of intention, giving up your power, and becoming the victim. And when you do that, you can't deal with what's really wrong anymore because you've you've put that that all that sadness onto someone else as yeah. an enemy. So you've you've um, delegated the pain. You know, it's like, yeah. you did this, it's you. And then if you solve that person, the pain is always there, you know, and then you have to find the next fucking thing to blame. You're not owning it. And it's like the, the space for that pain is still there. And it's not, there should be something coming in to replace it or somehow closing that space. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But the deepest, the, the realization is that yes, maybe you did cause that pain, but now it's my reaction <clears throat> that I can control. And the, dude, Will Smith, okay, for a while, I don't know if he still does it, but he had like these tiny motivational kind of Instagram videos for a long time, for like a chunk. And one of them, he broke down his understanding of, of blame versus responsibility. And I listened to that video like three, four times because I realized my brain was like resisting. And then I, I put it into my own words. And I've, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before, but it's funny that they're not the same thing at all. But we kind of have to, compare them because they follow each other, but it really is just time. So like blame is this useless, I mean, it's useful sometimes in legal matters, but it's, it's saying like, whose fault was this? What happened in the past? Who do we, who do we make pay for this essentially? Mm -hmm. But a lot of things don't work that way and blame is useless. And now it is your present responsibility to alleviate the situation. Someone can come and like shoot a, dog and a dog hits a car and the car hits a kid and then you want to blame the dog or the guy who shoots that like i don't know i'm just making up a stupid scenario yeah. but the point is there's a thing now that needs to be addressed can, what can you do about it or can you get the fuck out of the way while we try to solve this 
the intention and everything, it's important. Again, I say like in bigger matters or in legal matters, but at the end of the day, we do have to. Shout out to Jay at the end of the day. <laughs> we, he says that all the time. It's hilarious. Um, hey, that rhyme. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, you have to fucking do the thing. You have to do the thing. And if people are That's standing around part. going like, who did this? And then like, you know, months later, it wasn't addressed. And then they're blaming the people who didn't address it because they were blaming. Like bu- bureaucracy is horrible. Like I, I never forget that line. It, com- in, it, come in, back, it comes back to the 80-20%. I told you this. The 80- yeah, giving yourself some of that blame. There's a 20% Turning it blame. Into responsibility. Whatever happens in your life, if I walk outside, cross the street, get hit by a car, it's 80% fault of the driver who hit me, but it's 20% my fault because I decided to step out at that moment. You have to realize that you have to take blame in some sense. Mm. Responsibility. Accountability. Sorry. Accountability. That's a deep... David Goggins. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, you, can't, <laughs> you can't put it to 100% driver. It's no. not truth. You it's, know, you not, have, it's not how the universe works. No. The, the driver didn't appear to, like come out of nowhere and hit you and come through it. No, you had to step out the house, take action yourself. And then when you did, boom, you got hit by a car. Okay. It's unfortunate. It happens. It's not fun, but dude, you were there because of a reason. And that's your responsibility. You have to I accept love that. that. I, I think that's so important because victimization can be subtle. Hmm. And I, I mean, it's a point of shame for a lot of people. So I don't like bringing it up because it is a point of power to see that you're doing that and to try to alter it. But to say like, oh, like did the guy burn a red light? And like you start playing with percentages, but it's like you're giving power away one way or another. You're walking out into the street and somewhere in your belief system, you think that you can't get hit by a car. And then you have like that quote from, uh, what's that actor who played Bane? Uh, Tom uh, Brady? No, that's like a football player. He's a wrestler, no? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I'll call him Bane. 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 Batman Bane. F- fucking, yeah, he said, uh, he said, when I walk... Uh, Can you do it in the accent? What, when he talks like this? <laughs> uh, the, the Bane. Uh, when I walk into the street... No, but when he walks down a, a one way, he says, I look both ways. He goes, that's how much I trust people. Hmm. And I've, I, it's funny because it's a trust thing that he made it, but I thought of that before I heard that. And it was because my weird logic was a car can physically be going the other way just because there's some rule that the car shouldn't you know like it doesn't mean you're safe (laughs) and if you think you're safe and then you get hit by a car guess what that's your fucking 20 yeah that's that's your 20 right there it's true you know so it's 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 subtle it's not always like a self-loathing thing where you give your power away like there's weird little ways like that and all over our society in big and small ways And, and it's it's interesting we're pretty much, we're at an hour 42. So I don't know if you have time. I'd love to keep going. Keep I don't going know if, yeah? yeah. All right. I'm just Do throwing it. that out there. So <laughs> I, yeah. didn't even, I didn't even know. It, yeah, no, just, it flew by. That, I didn't even, that did not feel like an hour 42. <laughs> and never, by the way, it never feels like it. Each time you're watching a podcast, like everybody says the same thing because this conversation <laughs> just flows. It's like normal. It's way to do it, man. But it, yeah. it's, now that we've been doing it for a while, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it dilate, time dilates in like different ways. Like, like it'll come and go in this conversation for me. And maybe it depends on how I'm listening or how much I'm listening or the topic. With Angie, it bla- it, it was a second. I mm. think I was having a lot of fun talking to her yeah. and listening to her. And it was like a quick back and forth. And, and I really lost track of time. With Amanda, that one's coming out soon. And like yeah. she, that, that was like a three-hour podcast. Yeah. And she didn't even go deep. Like she has a lot to, that she could have told us. We hit three hours. It's going to be out on Monday. It would already okay. be out when okay. they listen to this one. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Was, was it the a, one before this one? It's right after Angie. Right after Andy. So it's next, yeah. Awesome. 
<laughs> it's a weird. It's trippy, man. It's weird. It, it, that was a weird. The problem though, when we do Skype calls, I think it's going to change now because we'll we'll have the the screen set up there, so we'll be talking to the TV. Um, the problem with on my end is because I see the timer. It's fun. I, yeah, it's cool. I see the timer. I see everything. So I'm in the conversation. It's just like right in front of me, the recording and everything. So it's kind of hard to stay in that zone. Uh, maybe that's why I have my watch now. And I was just I was doing like a stopwatch thing. So it just says it's, it says an hour forty three, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. I've been like, looking at the time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't register. Right I've been looking at the time, but not like thinking about it. Yeah. So I just I'm, I have this. You know what? If we get guests in here, we'll just beforehand we we see schedule and we just flip the clock over and just go for it, man. You know, and then if it ends up being an hour thirty or two hours, whatever, just let it go. I thought it was an hour in my head. It sounded like it felt oh like yeah, an hour. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost double. It's crazy, but yeah. I, it's it kind of feels like a gauntlet when you do that. You know, like let's just put an alarm and just go with the flow and like. 30 minutes i guess it depends on the person but like yeah. at some point you drop your guard and you're just going yeah. and then it's and then like you're in the middle of a deep thought and you just hear boop, 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 you know and you're like no what no you know and then then you have this anxiety the next time maybe like that maybe that's just me and i'm like a little wound up but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. I, i'm a little uh anticipatory <laughs> when it comes to life it doesn't serve me I'm, I'm working on it anywho yeah i guess if we are wrapping this up you know what i would love to do i wanted you to do it last time but like can you talk to me about your sister? Can you sure. just like, can you just like, can I just like get to know her through you a little bit? Like, she was a very, very bubbly kind of person. Her, to me, wow, that's, that's a question I did not expect. <laughs> I've been holding on to it for a while. Because <laughs> I never talk about her. She was very, very helpful to me. She, she helps me a lot. She would listen a lot to me uh, in, in, in the sense, <laughs> yeah. I got it on my watch and my phone now. <laughs> We're going to get it twice. Why are you the way you are? <laughs> so, yeah, man, she was a very bubbly person. She was always willing to help people out. Uh, she was uh, with me. She, she would listen to me. She would sit down and live. We, we, she lived at my mom's for a while. And there's these little insides me and my sister have where we would... My mom would do something and we would just look at each other and like we would understand each other. We had that connection. We would mess with my mom. That that was the thing with, with, with me and my sister. We would mess with my mom just to, to have a reaction. We would laugh. And she she took care of me when I was a kid. When I was uh, four, my parents got separated. And she would always grab me. And I would always be under her wing. Like she, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a special relationship you have with that person. We wouldn't get along on scientific points. Because I'm more uh, liberal, I, I think. And she's more conservative scientifically but like, like the socio-political things but like the science behind them yeah like, like the abortion stuff she, she's like a nurse so of course her her side is very medical very and this is what's right and this is science and i would be like no there must be another alternative because i come from a, a psychedelic kind of dude like I, my, my my mind is open i'm a creative individual i'm an artist so my my mind is is much different than structures like hers so, yeah, I mean, like, we hadn't, it's, it's 33 years of life is, is hard to, like, compress into, like, two, three minutes, but we definitely, I think, had a, a, a kind of a good re relationship. I would always push back because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want her, her love in, in a sense, and that's just me being a brother, being the little brother asshole that I was, but... I mean, I know she forgives me. I know that it is what it is, and we—I had to deal with that to 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 
to teach me who I need to be as a, a real man today. And she was an amazing person, man. Everybody you will meet, when you went to that funeral home at the last day, man, that that room was filled, but filled where I, I, I said even, I, I wonder where the paparazzis are because... And I said that in front of everybody. I said, like, I wonder where the paparazzis are because seems like a celebrity died. There was so many people there. And she was loved, man. She was loved. She still is. I still love her. I still think about her. She comes in the dreams, in my dreams. She talks to me. And I don't even realize that she's, she's dead when she's there. We're just hanging around and we're chilling. And I'm having the best times of my life. And then when uh, I realized she passed, I wake up and I start not, bah! not crying, but like tears come out. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for, for that moment coming to me. Does it kind of hit you again? Or is this like a kind of new relationship you have with her? Like you, I always say I'm not going to cry. And then that I, I think and I dream about her. And then it just reminds me. It reminds me that she's, she's watching over me and she's, she's there, man. And, and one aspect that my mom was able to capture was her essence, her energy, what kind of person she was. And that I, I even called my mom after I read the book and I told her, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because after a person dies, you realize that you lose, that person is not there anymore. So their energy kind of dissipates and you kind of, human memory is shit. So you forget what that person is or that person was and you have these glimpses and memories yeah but the rest just it's unspoken and kind of and a little lost yeah and or a she lot just lost, captured she just brought me back to who was my sister and what that that fun bubbly person that always wanted to have fun and always wanted to see a smile on people's faces yeah. what was it was it like in between the lines because it's like this like you're her son and you're reading her book, you know, and it's like you guys obviously shared this relationship. And like, is there something kind of left brain and concrete that she wrote down where you're like, oh, man, that's so her. And, and there was like a few examples of that in the book. Or was it something like you because you said it's like an essence, you know, like so much is lost, but there's something so fundamental that seems to be captured in the book. I can't picture what it is, man, but it, it's just it exp when I read it, it really explains what kind of person she was in a sense the only thing i could say is read it let me know what you think i'd what, love to yeah what you think of of if it describes it but i think knowing my sister it described her very well like it is i, I don't know it brought back the memory of her so intense that i had to call my mom and just tell her thanks thank you yeah did you see her in a different way at all through your mom's eyes as well i or saw no i understood the grief that she had you saw your mom differently, I guess. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I I understood the grief that she went through as a mother and the depression because she, she really explains the depression that she goes through in it. And she she explains, she, she did random shit, like go to a park and, 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 and scream at the top of her lungs in front of people and not caring, like not giving a fuck. And that's, like, she never told me that. And that's something, like, she really explains. And I don't know. Yeah, man, I, I 
definitely see that uh, it's 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 a process she needed and it changed absolutely my vision towards the situation because I, I i i don't want that experience personally and i don't know what it is but i kind of have an idea of what it could be you know it's a, it's it's intense it's a it's intense yeah well <laughs> all right sorry to <laughs> go no. deep man that's, that's nice don't apologize I, I asked, man. It's a deep subject. It's it's. It is deep. Let's like on paper. This is intense, man. Oh the yeah, guys I'm very lost. Proud of her. Very proud of her that she was able to put her idea on it and create a a book. It's very proud of her. It feels like a badge. It feels like there's there's like a lot of there's so much wrapped up in this, and and it's and it's cool. Books are cool too because like this is a this is a copy of an idea. I could throw this out and get another print kind of thing. Like mm. there's something kind of protected about this information now. Mm. But it all but it also is like a physical manifestation of a lot a lot of grief, a lot of awakening, a lot of love, a lot of honesty and like a kind of nakedness. The same time that I'm it's presenting this cool. book, there's a chapter in there of me in it and she explains how I how she thinks I saw grief because I don't really open up and this is kind of a gift that I'm giving to her to explain her how I grieved mm. through the passing of my sister. And out of nowhere, it's it's chapter nine, which is chapter uh, we're talking about numerology before, yeah. but it, number nine is is actually my birth number number. It's number nine, and it happened to be on chapter nine. What does that mean? That's like when you do the numerology of yeah, your your, your date. date of birth. You count all the numbers together. And what does nine come out to? Is it like a god thing? No, it's a very intellectual oh, that's person that's uh, very sensitive and very creative as well. So it just represents me, man. I'm that person. Fucking Virgos. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't give the sense, the, the, um, the sensitivity side. If you're into astrology and you talk mm. about Virgos, like they can be the robots cold as fuck but we're yeah sensitive but it, yeah it's 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 all kind of there's a lot of compassion my brother's a virgo and he's a he's a very sensitive human being but he's always had a macho front and now there's kind of a middle ground that happened where he's he's kind of has like an honest macho because it's just who he actually is but there's a lot of space for emotions now hmm. whereas they used to burst out and it's happiness sadness anger like all of them he just had a kind of collectedness. Now he's kind of earned that collectedness. But but throughout, you know, I see the Virgo and I see the I see the calculated, I see the the dis the almost not dislocated, but like cold is a good way of putting it. There's a yeah, there's yeah. a there's a healthy disconnect, maybe. You know? My for friend sorry. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you got you get it. My friend's, uh, my friend's dad passed like a, a week ago after so much cancer. And this guy is, he's a Virgo too. And he has no emotions. Like when I say no emotions, he never showed emotion except smiling. He never sadness, nothing. He's a very cold guy. And I was at the funeral and a friend we have in common said, he said that. He said, this guy is a rock. I've never seen him having any emotions. And now he's crying his eyes out. And I said, dude, it's because it hurts. Yeah. Because it hurts. And I actually, when I was talking about helping people out, when I learned that his dad passed, 
I called him up and I said, this is what's going to happen, this, 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 this. And he listened to me and I said, I'm sorry if I'm just, it just reminds me so much of my sister. And he said, like, no, man, thank you, because I know you went through it and I know now what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I, I was able to help him out. And that's, it's a gift that I have. It's a gift that I can, I can give to people. Yeah. Yeah, you have, you're like a, you're like, you have like a, you have like a certification. You're like a, you're like a credible grief counselor. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. True. Wow. Anyways. Johnny, uh, I don't know if you're okay with this, but I want you to play one more song. What? <laughs> I'm down. I just, it was. You got any other songs in the barrel? You want to just jam it out? Yeah, we can jam it out. What is this tune to? It's going to be a beautiful way to start it and end it. Hell yeah. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Stay curious. <laughs> this is our outro for tonight, for today. I wish you would step back from that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it? That'd be so no. funny. <laughs> I don't know the words. I don't even I just know that part. Oh man. I don't know. Uh... Stay curious. Stole it again, Savvy. You son of a bitch!